Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 48 is proudly sponsored by our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. Joining me again is one of the smartest going around in the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. You've got that uh, the introduction uh, down pat now, haven't you? You sound uh, <laughs> like you get one of those voiceover jobs on uh, on Channel 7. Um, don't bet harder, bet smarter. <laughs> I'm waiting for the phone to start calling. I need to get, get myself a manager, I think, Terry. Now, we've crashed back down to earth today. Mm. We recorded at Ascot two weeks ago. We were up and about. We interviewed the wizard, William Pike, last week. But now it's just me and you back in 1-1 HQ. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, I was going to say it's a bit flattening, but we've got Spotty the dog here with us. So we've, uh, we do have a third member, probably won't, uh, won't add a great deal. Um, we'll be hoping to be fed at some stage. But uh, <laughs> no, look, it's, uh, it's, an, it's a reasonable weekend of uh, racing, reasonable days racing. Racing so, and um, sport. At least at, uh, racing and sport, mm. exactly right. Feels like a weird old grand final week, doesn't it? it Usually does. a bit more fanfare and uh, and whatnot. But um, no, it's uh, it's a good day's racing, and it allows us um, not to be distracted by people like William Pike, who are just just blabber on for too long. So, <laughs> um, no, looking forward to getting into it. Cool. Yeah. Big thanks to Sir William for joining us last Thursday. We loved it. The listeners loved it, and uh, even Pikey loved it. I think because he suggested mm-hmm. he's pretty keen to come back on again especially if he claims one of Melbourne's Springs features. We've got to get him some Majors, merch, don't we? We do. Mm. Yeah, what That'd be episode 50. Yes. Wouldn't that be something? There might yeah. be some other big names coming up too, but we'll, maybe we'll save that announcement for a later date, hey? Mecca Sports. Mecca Sports. Don't talk about guests. Yeah, but we've got to get some merch, don't we? Oh, 100% we yeah. do from Mecca Sports. Yeah, yeah. you're um, your number one sports wear retailer in <laughs> where. Should we go WA? Yeah, let's give him WA. Of course. Australia. Yeah, he'll be listening to, I'm sure. Now, Pikey did say that he's keen to come back on, especially if he claims a big one, like a huge one, over in Melbourne. And uh, he what won't... would you say the biggest race is? Well, according to him, during the week, he's he really wants to win the Cox Plate. Mm. So, um, for me, it would probably have to be a Melbourne Cup. But for the Wizard, he's got his uh, he's got his eyes set firmly on the WS Cox Plate. It's the hundredth running. Oh. This sad day, and uh, Pikey, you won't get many better opportunities because he's riding Her Majesty Arcadia Queen. It's already passed the post, isn't it? Well, he, did he declare it? I thought he did. See, I, I might be taking some liberties with that, and um, my mother always used to tell me to never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But uh, to me, I, I heard him just say, "Can't win." He was already writing his uh, victory speech. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really cool watching the what they call it, breakfast with the best Mm -hmm. uh, coverage on racing.com, all the track work from Mooney Valley during the week. And I don't think many, I don't think it was like even a contest. She was the star worker, Mm. Arcadia Queen of the morning. And uh, she drew the gate too. She's drawn eight, I think. Mm -hmm. Russian Camelot eight in 14 or 15. So So, yeah, obviously it's hard to match up the Arcadia Queen Russian Camelot form with some of these Euro horses that are very well credentialed and have have a lot of uh, admirers. But I don't know, I'm thinking about Arcadia Queen having a little having a dip this weekend, Terry. Let's be let's be honest. We we actually have zero idea how to line up that other form, but it's not going to stop me no. from having an absolute dip at a horse that I, I couldn't tell you. I know that it's probably got Russian Camelot covered. Just looking at their last runs, looking at how they've drawn here. Um, but there's rain around. There's Europeans here. We really have no idea. But, but we, it's not going to stop me. Well, especially at the five dollars fifty or so. Come on, please. And the wizard was just bullish. Ah, oh. dead set. So um, if Pikey, it's pretty rare that Pikey is um, 
that keen is it like if, if, if 10 years ago you said to me that pikey was on my um podcast which i didn't have one 10 years ago so <laughs> pikey was on my podcast declaring a, a horse in the cox pilot i said how much can i possibly have on i have to go down to bunnings to buy a wheelbarrow to get the money uh to the place of investment mm. yes i think we think we're all getting going to get swept up in arcadia queen fever on uh, on saturday so hopefully she can do it for everyone over here mm-hmm. in the west uh pikey's gonna have a cider at mooney valley at the friday night uh friday night meeting the traditional the now traditional friday night pre-cox plate meeting couple of throwdowns yeah he um he's running dirty work in the group one manicato stakes for team hawks he uh He's a major player in that particular race. Pikey rode him to victory in the Scalacci Stakes at Caulfield last start. So hopefully dirty work and Pikey and uh, Team Hawks, they can continue their good work uh, tomorrow night. Yes, let's hope they can. Sorry, I didn't have much to add there. You're all right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good luck again to the Wizard and thanks again for coming on last week. Now you're known affectionately worldwide as the Perth Racing Guru. Not a big fan of that name, by the way. You got to remember, I started that Twitter handle when I was about Twitter handle, Twitter, Twitter handle, handle when I was about fifteen or sixteen years old, and I was a, I was a dickhead. I'm still a dickhead. Don't get me wrong, but I've uh, I've now been. It's now it's now stuck. I really wish as a younger man I got rid of that because if I saw somebody call himself the Perth Racing Guru, I'd think you're a dickhead, mate. So anyway, continue. So what, what would you? What are your options though now? Like you, uh, you're almost. If you changed it, it would. It would. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. What's yours? Thoroughheads. Yeah. It's like thorough, Yeah. That's that's a little play on words. Yeah. I'll just go for some something simplistic, something involving my name potentially. Um, I know that Cripper gets upset at his because it's got his birth birth year in it, so yeah. he thinks he sounds like a, a bit of a half because of that. But uh, I'm not too sure what I'd go for. But uh, it probably so, wouldn't be the Perth Racing Guru. But. I've got to embrace it now, BJ. You do. That's what yeah. we are. So if the Perth Racing Guru was your Twitter handle, what was like your first email address back mm, in the day? You that would have been- you, know, you know the answer <laughs> no, to that or not? No, oh, okay. no, I don't. Well, my first job, I actually worked at McDonald's as a 15-year-old. Yeah. And um, so my first email address was McTerry100. <laughs> a lot of people thought I was an MC or something of that nature. And I said, no, no, I was trying to, I was really proud of the fact I worked at McDonald's and served Big Macs. So, yeah. That's brilliant. Mm. McTerry. Mm. Um, 100. One hundred. Mm. So yes, you are known affectionately as the Perth Racing Guru. But is it right that they're now calling you the Perth Track Walking Guru? Well, we did get out there yesterday. You joined me, and um, and and DC as well came out, and um, very uh, really good of Chris Nation, not just to take us out on the track, but to um to talk to us about some of the nuances that um, we're always trying to understand as uh, as punters and racing analysts. Um, we obviously had Chris on a couple of weeks ago to explain a few things, but getting out there with him and. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know if I've learned I learned a great deal that I'm going to be able to put into practice, but some things made some sense um, and it was a really good and interesting experience, apart from getting burnt because I'm obviously very pale, BJ. It was a, a really interesting experience. How did you find it? Yeah, I thought it was great. So, yeah, we walked, um, what was it, first six, 700 metres mm. of Ascot yesterday you morning. Hobbled. You I hobbled. hobbled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you hobbled. hobbled. So yeah, you got burnt. Uh, my bad back played up, and I think I uh, I haven't had that much hay fever in about ten years, so <laughs> I'm really falling apart here. But um, but yeah, it was great. I um, got to see the uh, the going stick in action, yep. the penetrometer, and um, as well as just the wear and tear. It was it was really interesting to see how much how how much wear and tear. Um, uh, goes into those tracks and how quickly that they can recover when we when we looked at the three meter pad and then the five meter pad obviously we're out seven yep. on saturday mm-hmm. so it was good just to see 
see what it looks like after they raced on it on the Saturday and then what it looked like and how much it had regenerated um, from the previous Saturday. So that it was, was quite incredible, wasn't it? It was, it was how, good, yeah. Uh, how much wear and tear there And was. also we got a good look at the, the true, which is an interesting part of the track, mm-hmm. um, which Chris feel as though he would like to use sparingly so um that's um but anyway that will will be back there eventually and i I think the the um the the major thing was that just chris's just how accessible he was to us and how much time he gave us explaining explaining things and also the the big takeaway for me is just how big a job it is yeah it's just a massive undertaking for him he loves it though doesn't he he does you could just tell everything he was talking to us he just he he was just enthusiastic throughout and was happy to answer any questions and ask more and um yeah he didn't really hide from or shirk from any issues that we sort of brought up either there's a real science to it isn't there Mm. like and um and it's such a difficult difficult task to get that track um right and he went through some of the challenges uh, with Ascot, the way that yeah. the, the season that it races, and and also the the profile it has, and those sorts of things, and the differences between Ascot and Belmont, and it was it was a good chat, uh, um, and yeah, I learned a lot. But the main thing I learned was that's that that's uh, a tough gig. I think the the biggest takeaway for me was, I mean, with, with Belmont, uh, the wind directions are less important in, in regards to predicting a pattern, but with Ascot. We've always known that the southwesterly will usually um, help those um, off speed with cover and then obviously the easterly you want to be somewhere near the speed, especially on the hotter days. But I, I think trying to predict lanes. Like, for example, last Saturday we saw um, 21 of the 27 place getters settled in the second lane, so sort of outside the leader or in that line basically. There are only a couple settled on the rail, which is quite interesting. So we go, okay, can we find a reason why the rail was off that day or was it just the horses? that were on the rail that day i think trying to predict anything of that nature is where we're gonna we're gonna fall apart and i think i started falling. you probably heard remember that podcast with pete mccormick we had on and pete was picking on me a little bit about about some of the ways i was trying to sort of overthink the lane data and i think he's bang on there in that sense um but what when it does come into play and when it is really important is when you're doing your reviews of the meeting and going hang on that lane was inferior by length or two or hang on that that's uh that particular part of the track was causing issues and really allowing for that going forward can and I really give showing you, forgiveness can I give you an example of you that? can give me you can give me an example well one thing i found was the the day that it was a hot rail at at belmont the day and it was the race that precautionary won yeah uh, Chicklet was in that race and ended up on inferior part of the track mm-hmm. and um, sort of had to had to go had to plot a wider wider course and uh, was dis- disadvantaged. Yep. And coming to town yesterday, I thought it was a bet uh, taking on Outback Jack, who was a dollar seventy favorite or whatever. But also it was it, so so for me that was like okay that run was far superior than it reads on paper because of the disadvantages that it suffered on the day. So that's one of the benefits of doing the review, seeing which horses are suited and unsuited and just how that how that works through to the next start or two. Exactly right. And yeah. you'll do last Saturday's review and you'll you'll be finding a lot of horses off speed that maybe didn't flatter too much aesthetically, but it was really difficult to flatter from mm. the back. Like you just simply nothing could really make ground unless you were obviously taxi how this weird dream taxigano won the Northern. Mother Northern, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd still, yeah, weird, weird dream, weird dream. Um, and then yesterday, if, if you settled basically on pace, um, if you if you raced without cover, it was uh, poison, uh, absolute yeah. poison. So yeah, there, there's horses yesterday. I mean, I haven't done my review for yesterday, but horses like Excerpt, who sat three deep, um, punching the breeze, that and boxed on to run third. That that'll become one of the runs of the day. Yeah, well, prevailing winds 
went forward from a wide draw, sat outside leader mm. and ran third in the last. I found that quite odd going mm. forward. I had something on prevailing winds in the yeah, last. So I thought I. the way the track was playing, I thought we might uh, <laughs> we might see just a nice patient ride there. It actually really suited that style. Anyway, what, what would I know tactically? Should we discuss without reason now? Or is it too, <laughs> too, is it too soon? Well, well, before we – yeah, okay. Well, before we get started on our Belgravia Stakes Day preview, let's touch on last week's yes. action at Ascot, Nordley Stakes Day. I was out there on course, lovely day, uh, um, but um, – we probably didn't get off to the brightest of starts with that no. staying race in the first. No, it was pretty flat about that. Um, the data's come back. They went 20 lengths slower to the turn, um, to the 600. With, without reason, without reason, as I made very clear, is your best stayer in the race. There's no there's no excuses if you're on a stayer that goes forward not to go on and, and set the right um, – well, just set a tempo that gives your horse um, its best opportunity. He had – what was the Carberry horse in the back? Celtic Diva? Vintage stock. Uh, Vintage stock. Vintage stock. He had vintage stock on his back and vintage stock from a point to point from a sort of a sit and sprint perspective is probably going to be quicker than without reason the majority of the time over the last 600. Especially with To put it into that sort of race and the way the race was set up, I was just – I, I was really flat after that. We got the good price. We saw it tumble in. I mean, you just you needed to ride that like the best day and, and run along at a, at a true proper tempo. I think this consistent um, walking him along with horses that are true stayers, and that's the key thing. They're true stayers. If you, yeah, yeah, it's, it frustrates me greatly, BJ, especially when I'm heavily involved. It frustrates me greatly. But let's talk about something on a more positive note. And Bradley Parnham, how good. Friend of the podcast too. Friend of the podcast, I ran yes. into Brad after the last on Saturday mm-hmm. and uh, he's a regular listener. We might have to see if he can come on. I think, we should, get, I think we should get Brad on. Him and Ryan Hill used to have a little um, podcast. From the Jockey's Mouth. From the Jockey's yeah. Mouth. That's they were fun. the pioneers in the WA Racing Podcast. We just copied them. We did. Mm. So, um, and Brad, yeah, obviously he was over the moon. Four winners, Northerly Stakes Day. Riding like a man possessed. Did he ride a winner or two yesterday? I think. Ah, uh, hit wiggle, unfortunately. Hit wiggle, yeah, we were on Passaran, but uh, that was it. That was an extremely good ride on hit wiggle from Barrier yeah, Eleven too. But it wasn't just the fact that he rode four winners. Um, he's just missed out on the feature with platoon. Ruffy Platoon yeah. and every everything you rode. Bella's Idol is another one who's performed better than their SP. So that really shows you a jockey's at the top of their game. So Brad Parnham is someone I will very quickly. Oh, at the moment you just got to um just just put him along the, the top lines in, in Perth at the moment because he's riding with supreme confidence and horses are running for him. And strength. Like he yep. – uh, Mervyn had Indian Pacific just about mm. done to a dinner and Brad stick in the left, I think, uh, just threw everything at uh, Indian Pacific and just – yeah, just basically carried him over the line. It was a, it was a terrific display of, uh, of uh, horsemanship. I just realised Brad's broken me hard a few times in the last couple of weeks because I uh, the, way, the way I bet it's all numbers and Mervyn got out to about 55 bucks. So Mervyn ended up the bet there. Um, actually, so uh, yeah, no, Brad's uh, Brad's good forms coincided with a couple of hard luckers for me, I think. Yeah, well, he he lit he lit it up uh, last Saturday, that's for sure, and just he had that terrible accident which mm. sidelined him for a long time, and there was pretty serious discussions about whether he was ever going to ride again. And you can tell that he just he just hasn't been like overexerting himself, but he's been coming along slowly and building, building. It looks like he's strong and balanced again, and yeah, he's ready to uh, have a big dip this spring summer carnival in Perth. Mm-hmm. And the feature, as Terry mentioned before, the <laughs> the the dreams come true or the nightmare, depending on which way you're looking at. But Taxagano off the yeah. canvas. $80, $80 plus. I imagine he was 160 bet, bet fair. Is that paid. right? Yeah, 160 Gee, I thought it'd be longer. That's the only reason I went and checked actually, because I thought we might see something in the starting with the three. But um all you can say about that race, it was a great ride from from Mitchell Pateman, but all you can say about that race is they went that mad. 
is sort of turned into one of those tough staying tests. Yep. And who's sort of, even though he was fresh, who's a, who's a tough, who's the toughest horse in the race? But uh, Taxigano. Ta- Taxigano. Yeah, you'd love so. to go to war with Taxigano. You would have. I mean, I, I think there's a few positives you can take from the race. I thought Red Can Man showed some, showed some um, promise. I thought the run of free trade, the way he loomed into it was really nice. And I think that was a sign that he's on the right track for a railway tilt. I think he'll be far more suited um, when he gets out of the set weights and penalties. Um uh, situation. He's currently in all the races. The SWP stuff's a, a horror show. I've, the more and more I think about it, the more I look at it, the more we need we need more handicaps. I mean, we've got the Asian bow that's a handicap on the thirty first, but there aren't um there aren't a huge amount of others really, is there? But um no, it's an interesting race going forward to the um the railway stage because that's that's one of your traditional lead ups. The one the one horse who would probably be laughing um, would be Inspirational Girl is the one that didn't face them all uh, and will be coming in. They'll, Inspirational Girl, I presume, will be going to the Asian Bow, probably yep. starts even money, carries 54, um, then goes to the Rama with Pikey back on with, with 53 on her back. She'll be the one laughing because if, if they couldn't beat Taxigano, even under the conditions of that race, then maybe it's not going to be an overly deep pull this year and it will be suited to an up-and-comer. Yeah, yeah, or um, and I guess we just have to wait, wait and see what Eastern States competitors fly over to have a crack. Um, but just touching on that, Northerly Stakes before we move on, Vince Cardi's daily sectionals, Money Matters, mm. recorded. This is uh, from the the start to the eight hundred meters was eleven point nine lengths faster than average, so faster than benchmark. Then it quickened another length to be 12.9 lengths above to the 600 and then quickened again another half length basically to be 13.6 lengths above benchmark to the 400, which he, is suicidal really. He it? set him a task, didn't he? <laughs> Gee whiz. And then, and then I see Money Matters is butter, yeah. buttering up in yeah. the Northern Cup. Well, maybe it was just a pop, isn't it? Gee whiz. But mm. yeah, so which is – so again, who was suited and who wasn't suited? The position that Taxigano landed in in running, his the way that the race turned out, he just happened to be happened to be suited. Um, horses like um, well, money matters. You just can't win running those times. Red Cam Man set outside leader and just yeah, you, that's just a gut buster. Um, free trade was on top of the speed. He loomed and you could tell he just wilted that bit mm-hmm. late. So even but he loomed nicely. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah. The horse for me was Cup Night. He was just back a long way and had to make such a long run to, mm-hmm. to get into the race. He he was probably he was probably going to win um, for a stride or two, but just that, just that because he had to make his run from so far out due to the way the race was run. But that will bring him forward. I thought he was super as well. The thing um, is, you talk about who, who that race has suited the most. A lot of these horses are going to be going forward. And the thing is, Great Shot couldn't even get near the speed, so there is still going to be that speed in it. So the railway – if, if money matters, Massimo, um, great shot, Red Cam Man, free trade, they all push on, which is likely they probably will push on yep. to the railway stakes. The race will be run exactly the same. So, um, yeah, who will that suit? Yeah, it wouldn't be running exactly the same. Ma- ma- probably not exactly. That was madness. It probably won't run exactly the same. It, but it should be run with that with that much with that many speed horses engaged. It still should be run at a reasonably strong tempo. I know what horse was suited, Massimo. Now he he uh, he was he was. He was sort of tucked away out mm. out of the the speed battle, uh, set by the uh, set, set by the stable. It, oh, I don't mate. know if Massimo. So, 
He yeah, was, Musgrove uh, was a month between runs as well. But um, he, was, he was definitely suited to the position he landed in from gate four yeah, the way the race was run. His and, strength, uh, he's been in the first couple when he's won all of his races, his campaign as well. So coming from a little bit further back, it's it's a very, very, very interesting one going forward. Mm-hmm. And it would have been interesting to see if the inspirational girl was in that race with a low weight, how she would have handled um, that tempo and whether she would have had that cerise and white polish to roll past him. Yeah, so. I think it would have been a draw-dependent thing. You yeah. Know, if she's drawn high, does she go all the way back? Does mm-hmm. she draw low? Can she sort of hold mid field yep. running position? But but yeah, gates are going to be all important because they're pretty even, really, aren't they? These uh, these railway exactly right. horses moving forward. So exactly right. Yeah, more will be revealed with an Asian Bow Stakes coming up, a Lestia Stakes coming up, and of course the RJ Peters, which is the last qualifying race uh, the week before the Railway Guru. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Belgravia Stakes Day. We're recording at 11.30 a.m. on Thursday, the 22nd of October. Geraldton, one of Terry's favourite hunting grounds, is racing up on the Crayfish Coast this afternoon. We're about to launch into Saturday's nine-race program. It's Cup Day in the towns of Collie and Laverton. Uh, good luck to everyone associated with those two race clubs. Uh, that's on Saturday. And while all roads point to the Avon Valley this Sunday for a bumper Northern Cup Day. Looks like a good Northern Cup as well. I've had a couple of disappointing ones in years gone by, but um, now there's a bit of uh, bit of depth to this year's uh, Northern Cup. So I'm looking forward to doing the form for that one tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, as many some of those runners backing up after a really torrid northerly stake. So yeah, especially mass Mile money matters. I'm I'm trying to sort of path their way, plot, dance plot music their path well, to yeah. dance music. I'm trying to plot their path to the um to the railway stakes. I just didn't see this as as part of the journey, but um. Not going to doubt Adam Durant and uh, and how he intends on getting those two to what I presume will be a railway stakes. It's a it's a definitely a year to have a crack at it as an up and coming local, I'd suggest. But um, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind Competition and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes. Bj. All right. Yeah, and also after a. False start. We are again teaming up with Market City Meets for a Group One Meat Package promotion. If you spend $50 or more at Market City Meats, please send us a copy of your receipt via email or direct message at the11pod on Twitter, and you'll be in contention to win a magnificent meat package valued over $200. The draw will be conducted to coincide with the Railway Stakes Day edition of the podcast, so um, multiple entries are allowed. So the more times you go in and catch up with Timmy Hewitt and his team at the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, the more chances you have to win. Terry. Very good. And that'll be drawn on the Railway Stakes Day edition Correct. of the podcast, which will be oh, be after 50 by that stage. Mm. 50 or so. Gee whiz. That's the, that'll be the one-year anniversary. Yeah, we did prob- we start it on Railway Stakes Day? I think we might have, yeah. 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 yeah we, we did. Probably need to mention you did make a quip a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Quip? Yeah, what was my quip? It was about my- uh, I love that word. Quip. Quip. Uh, my, uh, my breeding exploits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, my- Third child, I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. My third child is due railway stakes week, no which is November nineteen. We're gonna need a first emergency, aren't we? So yeah, we're yeah. But uh, Lee, my lovely fiance, went and saw the doctors the other day, and apparently our boy, we've got another colt coming. He uh, he could arrive at any stage now. So just putting you on standby, Terry, that I might uh, be a late out at one of the. Uh, 
podcast in the next okay. few weeks. So just be on your toes. That's a reasonable reason to miss one, I reckon. Might be a late scratching. I think, I think I've missed two throughout the journey and both of those, been because I wanted to go and overindulge. So I reckon, <laughs> I reckon you might have a slightly better excuse than me. We'll let you off there. So uh, we'll work on a uh, first emergency. And make sure if you do get up to Market City Meets as well, it's probably a good week to get up there. BJ yeah. of the AFL Grand Final. We'll go fill up the, uh, fill up the fridge and uh, everyone's having barbecues on yeah. AFL Grand Final. Are you not out at the races this week? I am. Are you? Yeah. I was tossing I, it up. I'm it's, going. Uh, geez, you're a re- real regular. Right? Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm just, just trying to get in a few few reps before um, yeah. this, this uh, well, yeah. our boy, come, our third That's child. That's really comes bad timing. Who was the coach? Lee Matthews said, don't have unprotected sex in <laughs> January. So if you don't want to have a, a kid in the final, surely during the Tab Touch Masters series, we want to be uh, – we want to be – Chucking it either side of that, but um, but yeah, get up to Market City Meets and uh, and get involved. And uh, if you win the Get Out Stakes as well, especially if you're one of our multiple winners, get in there and uh, and spend some cash as well. Um, they're doing a great job giving away the big meat packs every single week, and guys. Send, yeah, send through those receipts as yes, well. And send yeah. through the receipts, hundred percent. Okay, so my pre-markets written preview, the leg up. Um, you can catch that on bestbets.com.au as well as the Ozrace website was released at 7 a.m. crack of dawn this morning while Terry and Daniel Cripps, um, the two elite punters in Western Australia, they combined forces for the Wild West video preview, which is available on the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. Um, Terry, Betfair origin. Mm. I think we're coming up to the last week. Yeah. Are you guys going to go down swinging or what? Yeah, we'll go. We're definitely going to go down swinging. But um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty ordinary. Last week we were ah, oh, we're just we're just we're just making the wrong decisions. We're, we're finding the winners. We're just tipping the wrong ones and trying to back the wrong ones. Jeez, I sound like a whinging prick at the moment, don't I? But no, we'll go out with a with a bit of a a bit of a whack. Um, we should have backed. Kiss on all four cheeks last week. We both had that significantly shorter, and we obviously didn't know I was going to drift out to twenty six bucks late on Betfair. I know quite a few people who got involved with twenty four dollars. I got twenty four. Yeah, one of, the, one of the beauties of Betfair, isn't it? Oh, it was an yeah. incredible drift. I mean, there was obviously a, I heard. I mean, I think most of us heard the whispers going around that the stable had a pretty good opinion and it was working very well. And so um, I think it was elevens out to sort of twenty four, twenty. I think my bet, Betfair is about twenty six bucks. Yeah, in the end as well. So no, we're going to have a swing this weekend. We'll um, we'll catch up tomorrow and um, decide where that swing is. We're going to need to make up about forty or fifty units. So. Um, I think we can do it though. Something at about eight bucks. That'll get the job done. Bang. What a, it'll be a real chatuckle like coming from last to first in the final couple of strides, but uh, I wouldn't write us off yet. Okay. All right. So this is going to be fascinating to see what, mm. the, what the boys come up with. So you're looking mm. at what, eight, nine, ten dollar range? I think we'll need something at eight dollars plus. The problem is we need something that's going to hold its price as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of the horses we've backed previously have really sort of just halved in price and we get recorded on Betfair SP. Mm-hmm. So we'll need to find one that um, is a happy medium that will hold firm market wise. So uh, we can't, we don't need to just find a winner. We need to find a winner that won't shorten. Okay. Basically. Yep. All right. Stay mm. tuned. You can follow all that on uh, the Betfair Australia Twitter profile there. Catch up on all the Betfair State of Origin challenge information and news. So, And finally, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you check out Betfair's new mobile app for iOS and Android users. It was released earlier this month. Sharpen your, your edge with the latest from Betfair.
He's done well, Chatty Jones, with the app. I uh, thoroughly enjoy it. A few little creaks and uh, squeaks still, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a cracking app, and a, a lot of hard work went into that one. Uh, also, the one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. McTerry 100, mm. let's get cracking on Belgravia Stakes Day. So we're looking at a beautiful day out of Ascot, 29 mm. degrees. The rail position is seven metres throughout. Uh, and there's um, some, after we had some easterlies, uh, prevailing easterlies last as a Saturday, it looks as though the easterlies will be kicking in again. Yeah, they look quite light. Do you remember what the prediction was last week for the easterlies? Uh, I'll find it for I you. I know what, no, 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 I know what it was, yep. but I don't know. Do you, do you know what the prediction was, though? Because I'm pretty sure it was a lot stronger than predicted, and I think that might be a somewhat regular occurrence, but I also might – this just might be a little – another one of my wives' tales. <laughs> anyway, we have light uh, light uh, easterlies forecast, east-southeasterlies probably turning southerly as the day progresses. Seven metres, hotter day, um, freshish pad. It, it should be suiting those closer to the speed in theory. If, I'd be really paying attention. I now leave um, the, the wind.willyweather.com.au slash WA slash per slash ascot.html. Mm. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? We've discussed no, this in the past. No, I feel yeah. like Raymond Holt because that's what he would do, read the entire thing out. Um, I would, would you recommend, I have that up permanently. Would you recommend Brooklyn? Tremendous cracking, yeah, cracking yeah. stuff. Final season I'm not entirely convinced about, but no, cracking stuff, yeah. Just nice and light, you know, after a long day on the form, after hey, a long day on the Rex Did hunt. you end up – what? did what? you get into Cobra, Cobra Kai? What's that? Oh, Terry. No. I forget how young you are. Uh, I need something new. Cobra Kai, the 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 Karate Kid oh, series. Okay. Oh, okay. Outstanding. Check it out. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, I like the sax on, sax off. <laughs> I hope so. That would make sense. Uh, he's got to be due to go around again, the, the old fella. Um, but with the, I'd keep this app up uh, the entirety of the time um, on Ascot. And if, if that strengthens before a race or changes direction, it's just it's just everything at the moment. With the winds at Ascot. Um, Wind wheel, and it's yeah. really nice. It's really yeah, wind wheel is the one I use, yeah. And it's just really um yeah, it's it's reliable and consistent, which is which is really good. So we've got to allow for those closer to the speed to be suited here. But um as we say every meeting, be uh be uh ready to adjust as necessary, BJ. All right. So I'm just gonna put a proposal forward, Terry, mm -hmm. that we rename race one the uh happy seventy fourth birthday, Bernie Ryan. Um, do you reckon we can do that? We can do. Um, I'm very happy with that. It's 74th, is he? Yeah, Sorry, he was, the other day. Didn't yeah, look a day over 50. 1946 model. Thought he, had, I thought he had you when he was about nine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, righty-o. Bernie, no. He'll be, he'll, uh, be he'll be happy to hear I'm that. a big, uh, yeah, no, big fan of Bernie. So happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday to Bernie. And as a, a little bit of a protest, I'm, mm -hmm. um, I'm not um, saying anything more about this race. So this is a silent protest? Mm -hmm. So you've just you're gonna let let me deal with uh, deal with the sixteen hundred meter maiden to kick off Belgravia Stakes. That one of two maidens on the day. I can do that. I wrote in my um in my leg up. I said this is a flat old flat flat old start to Belgravia Stakes Day. An eight race mile maiden. Considering we're going up against uh, what Cox Plate Day in in Melbourne. So um, yeah, I think we can do a little bit better, guys. But uh, anyway. Uh, this is a, a race. There is something's going to win it for me. I um, I landed on a horse by the name of Malarab first up at a mile, which is uh, intriguing. But this uh, Fred Kersley trained four-year-old showed a bit of promise last season. Probably 
should have won on debut almost. It was a really, really good run with Jade McNaught on board at Bunbury back in February. Was uh, was spelled after a midweek assignment and then has won both of his lead-up barrier trials with Bo Banovic Edwards, the new Kersley stable apprentice, Bo Banovic Edwards in the saddle. I think um, he's got going to have the miles into his legs being from the, the Kersley camp, uh, claiming three Bo Edwards. So... I, uh, I just feel as though this is a really nice race for Malarab to kick off his campaign. The market agrees. Um, he's, he was he opened locally 3.30. He's got dipped in and now he's about 3.10 at the moment. I marked him favourite. I expect him to be, expect him to be the horse to beat. Uh, Malarab on top for me, not with a huge amount of confidence. Diffusion was a bit stiff the other day. Jade keeps the ride. Might be able to settle a pair closer from two. Probably going to be the uh, testing material, nick of time, trade for express, all come through the same race. There's a couple of others that you can make a case for. But uh, for me, I think if uh, Bo can give Malarab a reasonable steer, steer rather first up at the mile, uh, this horse can get the choggies. Now, that's the sound of silence there from um, the Perth Racing Guru punters. So moving right along. Race two. Race two. Oh, oh, hang on. You want to get involved in this one? Yeah, race two will get involved. In this race one, I decided we just needed a process about the double maiden on um, at this time of the year. Not on a Saturday card. Come on. Yeah, it's just, it's just not. Come on. It's just completely unnecessary. Yeah, come on. Especially, with, I think we've got three or four maidens at Northern on Sunday. So. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't actually do the form for that first race at all, but yeah. um, I watched one or two very uh, – Replays very quickly, but there's only one horse you could have made a case for. I reckon I would have marked it probably even money or something as well. It probably would have been a load-up job point, but I'm actually refusing. I'm sitting back and saying, no, I'm staying out. So mm. I'll probably regret that now. <laughs> we need to do a recap next week on exactly how many bets. Wait, wait till tomorrow <laughs> afternoon when I decide, oh, I might actually have a quick look at that first race tomorrow. And I'm, uh, yeah, and I'm absolutely uh, – How many bets you actually in. Uh, had in race one? Yeah, so. I'll absolutely pile in. The not-so-silent so mm. protest. Um, race two is the Tab Touch Better Your Bet Maiden. Another maiden, but mm. at least this, this is a little, has a little bit of depth to it. Um, interesting runner here, the the one, Bo Zoom, um, from the Neville Parnham Yard, actually commenced his career in Victoria, raced for Neville Parnham as part of his satellite stable over there. Put in an absolute shocker at his last start there back in May. Was a colt. Has obviously that was too bad to, to be true. Uh, has been gelded since. Come back to Western Australia. Has trialed twice in the lead up to this. He sort of his form does sort of stand out. But there are other horses you could possibly make a case for. Tall uh, was good behind a smart one on uh, first up at Kalgoorlie. Uh, didn't mind uh, obviously Silent Act. Uh, just missed first up behind uh, one of one of Bob's in Brave Dream midweek. Uh, Do has been um, consistent so far this campaign. Jay McNaught goes on. There's a few others, but um, for me it feels as though this is uh, this is a nice first up WA option for Bozoom Terry. You reckon Tallin? Is that what we're going to go with there? or What were they calling it? Oh, I reckon it's the... Um, Talon. It's probably the capital of Estonia, isn't it? Oh, you are. Talon? Talon? Yeah, I love my Eastern European Very geography. Very good. You, you know got, that. You've got me again. You know that. So that's something we learned back at McDonald's when I was 15, actually. <laughs> so there was a few Eastern <laughs> Europeans rolling around there. So um, so how are we saying it? Sorry? Talon. Talon. I presume it's Talon. No, I think you're right. I think that's what Darren was Talon, calling yeah. it uh, in Kaguli. I'm yeah. pretty confident it's not Tallin. Yeah. No, I'm pretty confident it's not Tallin. I already want to go with Talon. So. Okay. Um, yes, no, you're right. With uh, Bozoom's a very interesting runner um, in regards to the fact that uh, Bozoom's numbers, and this is a good race where 
as as most would know, I'm, I'm probably more orientated with the eye rather than the data. And um, Bozoon's numbers over East just win this race comfortably. Um, the obviously before his last effort, the um, every pre prior run to that, um, yeah, would just give these um, Windburn basically probably rolls forward from from twelve. And the most recent trial was a nice one when Chris asked for that effort at, with about a hundred to go um, and gave him a little whack. He really really responded. But this is a this is a pretty deep trial. Um, tall in, um, tall in comes from uh, that very hot icy red, icy red form race. And I think icy red, icy red will go on to win several Saturday races for Mr. Luke Fernie. Um, the third horse in that very interestingly, Brave Dream, um, who actually was given a pretty good steer that day, has come out and uh, and won really well since over Silent Act who's actually shorter than tall in in the market, BJ, amazingly. So I think that uh, might be a little bit of a, a skew-if aspect to the market. Um, At War is another runner I want to discuss. This has been placement-wise very, very, very odd. First up, Moral Beaton um, over the 1,000 metres uh, in a Belmont maiden. Second up, they went to a Class 1 Got involved in the Speed War up top where about five or six of them got involved and Real Grace just zapped them all late. Carried 59 and a half in a class one. It was probably as bad a placement for a horse as I can remember. And um, I'm going to talk about some bad placement by the Brian Rogers yard as we continue on. I'm not going to pull any punches on those. Stories. Repeat offender. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> you're, you're just kidding me, aren't you? Um, and then last start, they've decided to ride cold. Um, was backed off the map again yeah, strong, in a class one. Mm. In a class one. And it was a pretty strongish class one. Mystical View, Amasinus. There was one or two others. Um, has run eighth of 11, beaten 6.3. According to Vince Accardi's numbers, they're slightly different to punting form. He's actually run the second quickest last 200 of the entire day, yeah. despite um, despite being beaten six and a half. So, look, I think that was the big-time forgotten runner here. Um, I think those three are your three standouts um, in that sense. I've 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 played the race a bit boringly and have taken the um, well it went up it's it's a bit hard to do so now but I took the price by Zoom at Warren Talon sort of at their peaks and basically doubling my money about one of those three winning which is as boring as it gets BJ but um, current markets current markets uh, are all pretty close to bang on I reckon so um, maybe at war each way if you're desperate for a bit silent act the one to take on so. Take on? That's the one to take on. So. Okay. Last week I said that about special choice. So, Lana and Lactar. <laughs> so Lactar wasn't having any of that, Guru. Gee whiz, no, he wasn't having any of that. So, um, But now there's a few other interesting runners, as you said, to keep an eye on here. Key Trade was good first up. Lone Hand Larry, I the thought it was a really mate, nice yeah. trial yep. um, for Vaughan Sigley. So uh, we'll keep an eye on a few of them here, but um, I think the winner comes from those three. And expect just the way the data looks and the way the money probably is likely to follow this data, look for Bozone to be heavily backed and heavily commissioned, which could mean in the end of the day we could see something for Talon or at war late that we're not expecting. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good race to, to bet um, smarter and not harder, BJ. Mm. Positive tactics from the high draw mm -hmm. from Chrissy Parnham. Hopefully lands outside leader, which is probably maybe Payora. What are we calling that? Lad? Paroa, Paroa Lad um, is the leader. Bozoom hopefully lands outside leader. Uh, should be in a dominant position from there and uh, get the uh, get the cash. Bozoom first up in the West. All right. Race, uh, race three for the youngsters. And it was some type of victory from um, – this is over the 1,000 metres, sorry. It was some type of victory from Fatal Femme um, 
on debut, wasn't it? Yeah, in the initial plate, first two-year-old race of the new season. Fatal Femme, three wide, no cover. Looked uh, looked you know a little bit sticky there for a while for for Jordy Turner. Three wide, no cover from Barrier Five. Two-year-olds don't win from no three wide, no cover. Do no, they? That, uh, especially first start in a race mm. that was um and. Had the gauntlet thrown down to it by by the lady as a vamp, and um, Fatal Fam just lifted and uh, got got the win. How's how's Lou Luciani? I he's obviously it's been quite well publicised. He's had a, a tough run in regards to winners, but I don't necessarily think he's training that badly. Horses like Bedouin Bell, the lady is a vamp, Peace Prize yesterday. All three of them would have been a dollar twenty at the two hundred meter mark type thing. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they just can't get past that final horse. I don't know whether they're being trained in a certain way, whether they're peaking on their runs. To me, it doesn't. I'm not sure if it's a peaking on their runs or if it's a mental aspect with the horse. And I, I, I I'm simply just. I don't know the answer to that or why it's occurring, but so many lose just aren't that look like they're certainly the two hundred just aren't aren't quite getting there. So interesting um, to see that the race book is saying Lulu Chiani Ascot. Now I mustn't have been paying attention to that, but has that changed recently? Because it's been Lulu Chiani Capel for quite some time now. He's been mostly Bunbury Capel, just outside okay. Bunbury based, and now it's Lulu Chiani Ascot. I wonder if he's um. Made an adjustment here. Mm. Um, after much for follow, follow we'll some, that yeah, up. we'll do some digging. Yeah, get the shovel out. Yeah, we'll do some digging. Mm. Find out how, how, when he when he's in Ascot and whether he's still doing the capable thing as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, stay tuned, listeners. We'll, mm. we'll find out. I'll be intrigued all week now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can't wait for that one. Um, but yeah, like ladies, like she won't get a better opportunity than than that. Lady is a vamp. Found the front, controlled the race, had Fatal Femme posted and still couldn't quite get the win. So it's going to be hard really making a case for her to turn the tables, isn't it? Yeah. I think the worst part about the lady is a vamp is the fact that it gets that song stuck in your head every time you say the name. Frankie Sinatra? Mate, you, you've got- Is it pa- Frankie Sinatra? I do You've got panels on me today. The lady is a tramp. <laughs> isn't that Frankie Sinatra? The lady is a tramp. Hang on, I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Yes. So Fatal Femme- uh, Femme Fatale, rather, has opened up very, very short and probably deservingly so considering she's going to jump from gate one. There's probably going to be a bit of speed coming from her outside, going to land in the box seat, just needs galloping room, you would imagine, to to take care of these. Peter Nucky on board. Mm, so obviously, It is Frank Sinatra, by the way. That's Frank Sinatra. Why, yeah, 100%. Really good song too. That's mm. why the so, <laughs> yes, uh, we're covering a lot of territory here today on the 1-1. The one, one. We might have to. Do we do we include that in the in the? We'll get Jen to add it in later on, or what? hundred. I was actually going to say. Can, I was going to play it on my computer there, but it would have been horrible quality. So if we can, that would be tremendous. Yeah. We'll get Jen, our yeah, producer get Jen. Everyone, to we'll get everyone tapping their feet. Very good. Um, yeah, yeah. This just wins. Peter Nucky was in quarantine when she raced the other uh, yeah. first up, so missed the rides. Obviously, he's. He's right. He, he went to Melbourne to ride Fabergino. So if you're wondering why the jockey changed, it's because it's Peter Nucky's ride. He was in. He's now out of quarantine. He's available to regain the mount. Uh, there's been. Um, there were a couple of reasonable trialers from the um, from the first starter brigade. I imagine that that Diamond Blue was pretty sharp over 400, but has drawn gate seven. Goes around a bend for the first time. Uh, X, here we go. Extorio. Our man, mm. Magic Mike, um, Lactar, our man rather, Magic Mike and Lactar Romoli, really taken with this filly's trials. Um, but I just feel as though she might get a bit too far back. 
and might be spotting the uh, some pretty smart horses on top of the speed. A, um, a head start, but look for her attacking the line. Galaxy Cat is a younger half-sister to Jericho Missile, same stable, has shown promise in trials. Gorgeous Gossip, unbeaten at trials, and Rising Commodity has, has shown plenty in her two um, trial hitouts as well. But for me, Fatal Femme just wins. Lady, The Lady is Avant has to be the uh, the standout second pick considering her performance on debut, but does have gate nine to contend with. I think Rising Commodity and Extorio are the best of the first starters, but Fatal Femme should be winning. Yeah, no interest for me whatsoever. Dollar eighty for a two-year-old can, can have it every day of the week. <laughs> um, did you catch that the trial of... Magic Mike's horse, Extoria. Did what do you think? Nice trial, mm. nice trial, nice trial. With Lactar on, it might need uh, might need the run, but um, yeah, no, good race to watch and uh, just get settled into the day. Start thinking about some Norm Smith bets for the um, for the AFL Grand Final. Who's going to win actually, BJ? Who's your tip? I'm um, cheering for Geelong. Cheering for I've, Geelong. I've Is there a, a reason? I've had enough of Richmond. You've had enough of Tommy Lynch. Oh yeah. Look, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not really perturbed about his uh, the way that he he plays the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really worry me too much. I just think Richmond have had a had a good run. Um, I think Geelong's probably d- deserves to win one. Geelong. What happens if it's a draw? Do we do it again next week? No, no, over, it's overtime no, now, isn't no, it? Never, there'll never be another say, grand for final a draw. draw. Okay. Um, and uh, Tom Stewart for the Norm Smith Medal. Tom Stewart, yeah. The yeah. other, oh, have a look. By the way, if you are actually having an investment on the Norm Smith medal, it's yeah. one of the greatest things and the first goal scorer. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest things to have a look on Betfair and see the prices you're getting. If, you, if you're backing a roughie that's 50 to 1 with one of your local agencies, they're probably 400 to 1 on um, Betfair. I remember the year we backed, um, <laughs> what was that? Uh, big Mike Pike. I think we took 800 to 1. He ran, <laughs> he ran last, don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, we backed Big Mike Pike, the uh, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, big Mike Pike. Uh, just purely because we thought he was funny. So anyway, let's move on to the race. Is race hang on, four. Hang on, hang on. Sorry. Who who do you think is going to win? Who do I think? I think uh, Richmond and Dusty. It's very boring, but yeah, Dusty just he's just a big game player. Loves it. Loves a Gary Ayers medal. I love Gary Ayers old haircut too. First, just, first goal. Ah, uh, I don't know. That's that's muggery. I, don't get me wrong. I'm a bit of a mug, but that is first goal. Betsy is, is the epitome of muggery. So I haven't refused to tip one. I don't usually bet footy, but I did. Uh, I think the last. Result I had was Jason Johannesson, Norm Smith. When was that? Jason, did he win a Norm Smith? He won a Norm Smith, yeah, Jeez, when the Bulldogs won in 2016, yeah. yeah okay. Oh, Jason Johannesson. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I was thinking of Jason Johnson from Essendon. No, no, jo- yeah, Johannesson. Yeah, yeah, I've got Johannesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 With the uh, ever-changing hair, hairstyle. Yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, right. That's very good, actually. Yeah. Don't mind that. Wouldn't have picked that one. Mm. And now I think about it, you seem like a Jason Johannesson fan. <laughs> All right, race uh, race four. Jeez, we took a while to get between three and four, didn't we? A few roadblocks. Uh, 2,200 metres, uh, the 72 plus. Um, interesting placement here <laughs> with a horse called Blast. Good name. Uh, it is. It's it's a really good name. But, um, yeah, just uh, just a casual 50 Raider and a 72 plus here. So backing up from Wednesday. So that's pretty good placement, I reckon. Um, and what was it yesterday? It was a mile, was it? Yesterday was a mile, yeah. So it's, so mile it's to, all part of a plan. Mile to 2,200. All part of a plan, yeah. All part of a plan, so... No, pretty good stuff. Um, and, it's a, and it's a is, speed horse too. Which and is, it, which well, is, it can uh, be, I guess. Be, yeah, yeah, it's been ridden both like, since arriving here. And um, if you listen to Brian before its first interview, he said it's super. And basically, it's just going to go through the grades. And um, it hasn't, hasn't fired a shot since it's been here. And it's been backed heavily at most of those starts too. 
Anyway, maybe just what it needed to do is get into a 72 plus. That could have been the um, the missing tonic for it, perhaps. This is a really interesting little staying race. Only a small little staying race, VJ. Um, expecting uh, the, the interesting one for me is Bonneville Black and the removal of Maddie um, and Blink is not the removal of Maddie, but she isn't riding. Suspended, yeah. I think she's out yeah. with the suspension. She has. So Maddie goes off, and I, I see that as a major negative. I think you're losing those three kilos. And, and while Jade will probably roll along at a slightly hotter tempo, um, the removal of the blinkers for me here is is just just the epitome of madness. Like they've gone, what they go last start, 10, 15 lengths below benchmark. Yeah. See, they're wondering why the horse didn't settle. It, it's won its previous three starts with the blinkers on, going along at a reasonable tempo. Like that's how the horse wins races. Like you don't. It's not the blinkers. That's not the blinkers' fault. It was, it was the tempo of the ride's fault. The reason you, you don't. If you want the horse to go along that slow out in front, then fair enough. Take the blinkers off. See if you can get it to settle. But that's just negating its strength. So there's just so much of this happening recently. I, I just don't understand how they. This isn't an aspect that can be got right a little bit better than it currently is. So anyway, blinkers go off uh, for a horse that's been winning and, and running well with the blinkers on. Maddie goes off. So I'm going to look to take on Bonneville Black here, um, BJ. Definitely think he can win, but mm. um, at two dollars seventy or whatever, that's just that's just the wrong price. I, I think the horse that's um, ready to win is Mackenzie Brook. Um, Lactar fell asleep last start. What was he doing? Um, absolutely fell asleep. What was that race where they absolutely walked back near last? I think from three they might be a little bit more aggressive. You're gonna try and land a, a posse or two closer if they can. Not a horse with a great deal of great speed, but if he can land sort of fifth or sixth rather than seventh, eighth, um, then um, and and get into the race at the right time should be peaking fourth up. Um, the thing that annoyed me about that ride was not only was he last, but he was like two and a he half. Does it often. He was two and a half lengths, yeah. three lengths last, rather than being right on double digits, hammer, yep. and tracking his every move. He was just hanging back. Just a lazy ride. It, yeah. it was a lazy. But Lactar does it quite a bit, and I think he's trying to be patient. I think he's trying to learn from Pikey in that sense. He just hasn't got it right yet. I don't think there's any malice involved in it. And no, no, I don't. I think like the way he's. It, I, I don't mind the thought process um, with some of them, but. Uh, it's sort of pattern and race dependent, isn't it? And he's getting it wrong a couple of times. But with our three kilos, that's why you get the three kilo claims. But it wasn't we so have to cop that. For me, there wasn't the the where he ended up in running was the it was the start which was the blue. Like from four, there was no need to get back to, yeah, to yeah, last. There was so. nothing a great deal of urgency nah, showing it. That was so, that was that yeah. was the, the the part of the race for, for for an apprentice, three kilo apprentice, just to, there's no point. You might as well no point going back to last. You might as well just from four, you might as well just bounce out and try to land yep, fourth, fifth or something like that. So. I agree. Just a quick run through the rest of the field. Double digit from barrier eight. I think double digit had his win. Uh, Maserati doesn't win. Gangbuster performed well in the Cal Cup, but Gangbuster might be a Kalgoorlie horse. Wouldn't surprise me. Jeez, it was a good run, run, wasn't it? It was a good run. Um, might be a Kalgoorlie horse. Wouldn't surprise me to see Gangbuster win this. So Pads, so, pads on. Pads on, yeah, that's a concern. Uh, Superior Smile uh, with Chrissy Graham on the big weight. Not sure how well Superior Smile's come back. The only other horse I'm going to have something on, I'm really happy with the double play of this race. Um, I've marked Mackenzie Brook 350. I expect Mackenzie Brook to be the supported runner yep. after what we saw last time. But uh, I think you've got to have something on Black Shadow yeah, at the price as I well. I agree. Um, Jason Brown sort of just gave up late when finding the back of zero demerits in a slowly run mile. Had the trial before that. I think from Barrier 5, they can be semi-aggressive, try and land 1-1. One, one. You go back to all the Black Shadow's success over the staying journeys at Ascot last campaign, there were similar setups to this. It's just sort of point of difference runner. Um, so I, I'm going to have a double play here. Mackenzie Brook around that $4 mark and Black Shadow around 14 I've marked them three fifty and 8 So easy bet for me. AJ. Yeah, I um, I wasn't that uh, that hot on the 
blinkers off and Jay McNaught on um, from Bonneville Black. I think uh, I think Maddie was um, uh, had ridden Bonneville Black to his strengths in those in those three Belmont victories and probably went away from it a bit the other day and that's going to happen with with um, via inexperience it I is, suppose yeah, and and maybe the fact that a couple of horses I think who was it Brothers Keeper sort of they might have had pegged as the leader and when it didn't lead she was sort of left out front whereas mm -hmm. uh, her previous um, Belmont wins she's always had something to follow like either outside leader she's always had that that sort of um, horse to guide the tempo for Maddie and then uh, last night when she was left out in front she just uh, Got it. Um, got it a bit wrong by going going far too slowly. I think Jade's going to um, be a wake up to that, um, and I, I'm hoping that she recognises one of her black strengths is um, his staying ability. Makes it. Um, Why are the shades off? Uh, I guess they must have must have spooked it the way that it didn't settle uh, last start, mm. um, and so. But who are we to doubt? Fred Kersley, Taxigano mm. form. Um, so. Um, you know, who knows, but uh, Bonneville Black for me on top. Um, not, That's thin, isn't not it? yeah, not super keen. I'm expecting there to be a rally for Mackenzie Brook, double digit, who money mailey absolutely flying that at the was moment. A ride from Chris Parnham, it was that great, was wasn't it? it? Yeah, and yeah, I'm with you. I think that 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 black shadow is probably a touch of overs as well, but yeah, if if. I really like what Jade's doing at the moment. I think she's sort of back in a back in a good zone, uh, riding riding really well. Bonneville Black um, piloted to maximise his his weapons. I think turn this into a staying contest, and uh, he's going to be really hard to get back. And but I'm I'm looking for um, a late uh, you know a late, late easing a late late easing mm -hmm. in the market for Bonneville Black. Hopefully high threes late on Betfair. Okay. All right, it's now time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Sure is. Thanks, Terry. That's right. The Mundaring, which has been the heart of the hills since 1899, is located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day and let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Uh, if you're a breeding buff, also, have a good chat to to Butchie because he fancies himself as uh, with his with his pedigrees and uh, loves a chat about uh, stallions and dam sires and all sorts of things. So, if you're into your, your breeding, bail up Butchie and um, and uh, have some fun with him there. So, congrats to last week's WA Racing Mastermind winner, Reese O'Brien. Reese is now a dual Mastermind winner, Terry, joining some illustrious company, and he's also the part owner of the Velvet King. So. He's got a fair bit to be happy about, does Reese? So congratulations, mate. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. To be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following three questions correctly. They are, question number one, name the winning trainer-jockey combination from the 2019 Belgravia Stakes. Question number two, Name the recent Melbourne winner that took out the 2017 Belgravia Stakes. Question number three. While it's Northern Cup Day on Sunday, we'd throw in a Northern Cup question. Number three. What year did Material Man, the great Material Man, win the Northern Cup? Mm. How do you think you went? Uh, I need a second to think about question two. Yeah. Um, yeah, how did I go with one and three? 
Yeah, you got one right. Mm, didn't feel like my week, to be honest with you. So, yeah, so just a reminder, if you're going to enter our WA Racing Mastermind competition, please direct message your responses to us at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, you could be in the running for that gift voucher up at the Mundaring, heart of the hills since 1899. All righty, race five is the Schweppes Handicap. 1,400 metres, a full field of 16 is engaged for the time being. And this is a, this is a really good contest and... Last start, Terry and I were were both really keen on a horse by the name of Naughty by Nature, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, the gaps just didn't appear for us that day. Terry, I'm uh, I'm going again with Naughty by Nature. Um, I just think Clear Air from uh, a low draw. Hopefully, CJP doesn't get Clint Johnston Porter doesn't get too far back with Clear Air. I think she's got the closing speed to make things very, very interesting. But it is a deep race and there's a lot to lot to work through, especially with speed point of view and especially with such a um, such a full field for the 1,400-metre contest. Yeah, I don't think it was a, a huge steer uh, first up to defensive out of the gates for a horse that actually can jump okay. Um, when Naughty by Nature – Naughty by Nature has missed a couple of kicks, but also when she does begin okay, she can muster into a race really well. Like she's got really good first sort of 50, 60, 70, 80-metre speed. So from barrier two, I'm expecting a more aggressive CJP here and I'm expecting CJP to, to park up. I'd love to see him, to be honest with you, I'd love to see him land back of the speed. Um, but I'm thinking three what, pairs. Like fifth, six? No, so third, really? fourth. Yeah, third, fourth. But I'm thinking fifth, six is probably a more likely outcome and an outcome I'm, I'm absolutely fine with. Um, I I would be surprised if Naughty by Nature isn't winning this race. I think it's just bad luck that probably, uh, that probably beats her here. Mm. Got a stack of time for Western Pride, but I reckon that Clint's had the decision and he's opted not to ride for the Cerise and White, which it takes. It, I reckon it'd take a fair pull not to do that because you're potentially going to lose yourself other important rides as well. So um, Western Pride's 35 days between runs. Clearly must have some issues with the gapping they're doing with the runs and how they're spacing uh, her runs. But she, she's a talented horse and she gets in with 54 and a half, but... Again, with the easterly in play, how far back she gets with with Lactar on, that could be an awfully difficult Looks ride. Looks a tough Lactar, steer, so. doesn't it? Yeah, it's one I, I just have to take on with all those um, things considered. The speed in this race, as you mentioned before, is horses um, like Kelvin from 16. Sophie um, Song. Sophie Song, and both of those are coming off um, – well, either freshen ups or, or Kelvin's case being first up. Uh, Juicing Carrots can can push forward. I'm expecting a more aggressive ride on Dunbar. Not a more aggressive ride, but a, a, another aggressive ride on um, on Dunbar from Barrier 5. But all that speed to me suggests that I don't know if any of them are going to have a big enough kick late to, um, to to be able to hold off Naughty by Nature. So if we get any type of clear air, I think Naughty by Nature is a, um, a pretty good thing here and I'm you, very keen. Yeah, cool. Are you expecting – Positivity from MTA again. Oh, and MTA. Sorry, yeah. that's the horse that uh, has escaped me there, BJ. Yep. MTA is the other speed horse. So um, I know that that's that win rated well midweek, but I've got to have some queries um, about the strength of that form line. I think we'll learn a lot more. And obviously, the um, these new season three-year-olds are going really well mm. against the uh, against the older horses thus far. But from barrier twelve, at best, it's a 
expect oh could could potentially cross them could potentially cross them i think sophie song will be pretty keen to lead and you know that kelvin will be coming across and putting it on i just think there's enough speed and there's not enough quality in that speed for me to be concerned even with the easterly that naughty by nature with clear air late um won't get there so yeah no very keen naughty by nature vj mark 370 so it's a five bucks around at the moment is plenty yeah i'm hoping for a really strong tempo it creates some some separation and some space for for CJP to to guide her into. All in his, with th- this horse has some point to, real point to point speed. So just point and shoot CJP, find that gap and uh, and drive her through. I did the sums on her last start, Terry. Mm. So this is so, gonna make me feel sad. So had it? had Naughty by Nature run exactly the same last two hundred as approach. In that particular race, she would have run officially third, mm. beaten one point two lengths. So, you so yeah, just a bit of few bit of number crunching there. So I'm pretty pretty strong of the opinion she would have probably ran a uh, length or two quicker last two hundred than uh, approach. approach as well. Yeah, So j- just to I reckon just, she wins. Just to give some, just to give, just to try and measure up how how close she could have potentially gone to winning mm. that race with um, with Claire galloping room and unfortunately she just never got out and it, it just appeared like one of those one of those situations where you leg the rider up and say look win if you can but don't um don't bust a gut to do so and, and unfortunately for for naughty by nature players the um the gaps never appeared so on another day we're back to 30 dollar winner there yeah <clears throat> on another day that um that goes past him and the race went out exactly as we sort of had hoped and intended but um yeah unfortunately uh, and that's always going to be the case when you're backing a sit and sprinter from a wide gate over 1200 meters you need a good ride you need luck as well um and that just wasn't in our favor unfortunately yes but if the uh if the tempo on sad day is as strong as we're predicting it should as we as we mentioned uh create some space and some separation CJP should be able to uh, steer Naughty by Nature into the clear and uh, let her do her thing, I think. Just the first 50 metres yeah. is key. Has missed the kick once or twice in a 10-start career. If we miss the kick and end up fire back the fence, it's a very, very difficult steer from there. Not impossible, mm-hmm. but it becomes uh, – <clears throat> you wouldn't be too excited about your five bucks at that point in time. But um, no, very keen, BJ, Naughty by Nature. So, yeah, Dom Deschute will have Stackford Morris. He was ridden to absolute perfection by the Pontiff mm. last start. Jeez, that was a steer. Yeah. That was brilliant uh, from 12, three wide. With with cover in the in the moving line and uh, and one he's a he's a tough and talented three year old. I'm thinking that Dunbar could be the big improver tomorrow. Mm. He was he was ridden in a full attack mode last up by Chrissy Pine three wide no cover um, attacking a very very fast tempo that was set by was that the Clips of Comfort this will test you I believe and yep. um and geez he uh, so it was no surprise to see him wilt late. From five, I think Chris Parnham will be hoping to get a nice smother behind them and saved up Dunbar can can make an impact late. So, but for me, it's all about naughty by nature, Guru. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dunbar considerably shorter than the current price as well. But it's interesting one going back to those couple of two year old wins. Dunbar's numbers really didn't stack up, and they haven't actually looked. Uh, well, basically, just the, the numbers didn't stack up for. The progression you'd hope, but uh, you can make a case that Dunbar first up wasn't as bad as uh, it ran six to six, but actually ran a really nice last 200 in mm. a sharp three year old affair. And then last start, yeah, just a complete forget job. So, um, yeah, you'd be you'd be brave taking on the Cerise and White completely at around that $20 mark. Mm-hmm. 
It feels, right. feels a bit mad, doesn't it? It does feel a little bit mad. Interesting runner for me. I thought this trial was really good. I, it's not won't be her day on Saturday, but uh, Pam Bella ran some really good races in in good company in through the Ascot, Thousand Guineas, Natasha, WA Oaks, and WA Derby during the autumn. Wasn't knocked around in her uh, October twelve barrier trial. I imagine she's going to be getting back. Uh, from gate 14 on Saturday. Look out for her running on and uh, might be a horse to follow second and third up this campaign as well. Very good. That was a soft trial, wasn't mm. it? Went to the line under a, under, a, under a hold. Now, I wrote in my leg up, this is where things get real tricky. Mm. Race six, the Devil's Lair handicap over 1,200 metres. When I did my initial, uh, I guess, assessment of this race, Three emergencies were in my top four selections. Um, and, uh, and when I've uh, checked in recently to the markets to see what's happened because I was super keen on Comes a Time, who was first first emergency when I went to bed last night, just thinking, how is this horse going to get a start? Turns out he's got a start. The stable mate, Snipperana, <coughs> has come out. I reckon they, there was definitely a way Justin Warwick could get this horse to start. So um, he'd be... Well advised not to uh, scratch one of his other runners now, though, and ensure the runner below him gets a start. They'd like to see Congreve Rocket not get a start, but um, now this gives you the uh, this gives you the feel of a um, a little bit of a my notes for this race set. I think we want to get on early because I think this might be a bit of a uh, bit of a planned assault from the JTW camp. Um, bit of a sting, a little bit of a sting. Yeah, Paul Harvey couldn't have tried to uh, hold him any slower um, in a recent trial. It was a really, really, really nice trial um, for the Pontiff. He's riding at fifty six two. He did ride at fifty five and a half midweek, so there's probably that's probably nothing to do with this particular steer. But look, comes a time that's always had a bit of ability. Um, raced behind some really sharp horses last campaign. Went under the care of brett wilkinson um tommy blue labor rod ran third to cliffs of comfort and labor rod all really nice runs just against really good horses so i think he may have came on since um nice horse on, yeah i think he time. might have come on since uh, popping over the warwick yard and the one thing i liked about his trial was how well he exited the gates so we can probably allow for him to be in the first four and running here it's not an impossibility he just about takes up the running if he can ping as well as he did there so look the money has absolutely uh come and it's coming droves so it's hard to tip it now at $3.30 or $3.60 as best I can see here but I mean $6 local agency and I think he felt a bit bad about himself but then they've gone up uh, green tab at $8.50 so uh, anyone that's got some of that and um, watched it tumble in will probably feel pretty good about themselves at the moment I would have thought BJ yeah $5.50 couple other places as well so yeah um, it just yeah. had it had all the hallmarks of a the money's going to come, you know, yeah. and it's a big field. And it's a, don't get me wrong, it's there's there's a lot of talent in this field, but I can't see how money can come for a lot of them. Well, um, they're, they're just doesn't look like they're good setups for a lot of the other. No, there's not. I mean, the Fugazi's the one with the, the it's probably got the, the runs on the board, but from 19 with 60. Jared Noski hasn't ridden a winner for quite a while. That's a that's a super difficult steer. Ocean's 15. People are going to start losing patience with Ocean's 15 eventually. Um, Oristano, really interesting that Joey has a party opted to ride the second emergency Congreve rocket over Oristano. Stable, mate. Yep, stable, mate. I thought that was a really big push there, and that's the one I actually want to save on as well, Congreve rocket. With the easterly and play lightweight, I love to, um, I love to be on those horses. going to jump and run. So um, we might have to wait till the morning 
to see if we get the prior, to see if we get a run. So, yeah. um, but I've marked those two just just a mile in front of the rest of the field. So, looking to Dutch the pair, really looking to make the result comes a time. If you, geez, I don't know if I can suggest a bet at three dollars fifty though. I mean, I mark comes a time three seventy, and I thought I had, I thought I had, um, I thought I had him pretty short. So, um, what yeah. did you get? What did you get him to in the market? It was one of those ones where. Sometimes you need to throw your market away and understand yep. what's going on and understand yep. the situation and respect the money as we often talk about. Yeah. I struggled to 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 do the the market with the 20 runners and the emergencies and there's a couple of so I ended up at four fifty yep. for uh comes a time. That was that was where I landed. Um be wary with who you bet with too if you are yep. betting early because some agencies will deduct for the emergencies and others won't. Okay. So if you're with a company like Sportsbet and Congreve Rocket does come out, you're going to lose 15% of your money roughly. Mm, okay. Or 10% of your money. So, yeah, comes a time this uh, – yeah, my eyes lit up last night, but then I was just like, oh, I messaged a couple of the people, how are we how is this horse going to – Gonna, oh, when is this horse going to get a start? More, more to the point, and um, yeah, it's it's in the field comes a time, and um, and the, the other fascinating part, which Terry touched on, is the second emergency Congreve Rocket. If that gains a start, then it's probably it's the biggest danger that comes a time. I know, and and, um, and even for me, if for some reason there's a further scratching, I've got a lot of time for a uh, fellow three-year-old bragwell he's gonna get a sweet run from the draw if he happens to get a start so um he can he can play a part in the finish as well especially with so many other chances drawn wide or going to get back on a day we're expecting to favor horses in the front half of the field geez i don't know this just looks like a cracking setup for comes a time doesn't it I think, I think they know what they're doing here. yeah I yeah. reckon that's it's been no coincidence that uh, fair enough the eight fifty and the six bucks was probably a little bit lengthy, but when when you got into four fifty, four forty, you thought the money had stopped and the money's still coming. So I don't know. I just uh, this this feels like a bit of a one guy, and I'm uh, pretty happy following the money here. Yeah, me too. So comes a time. Can you make a case for classy macro? Can you give me the quartet of emergencies, VJ? <laughs> Can you give it to me? That would I be, can't, that, unfortunately. That would be something else. Did win a mate and two starts back by six and a half. Mm. Different sort of setup, though, unfortunately. But, um, uh, approach Oristano, all those horses are racing yeah. well. But for me, this this, this is uh, this is the comes a time show. 100% it is. And look for uh, – I'm expecting uh, Kiriul, Luke Fernie and Super X to be – putting some uh, ticker on from the outside gate as well, which could make it interesting out do in front. You, do you think the Comes a Time crew will be a bit nervous if Congreve Rocket gets a run? I think they'd love to see no more uh, scratchings. Yeah, I reckon to be too. So. Yeah. And as someone that's gold up the 6 and the 850, I'm probably in a similar boat because I want to save Congreve Rocket, but it saves me that money initially and blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty bullish that they know what they're doing here. Bullish, good mm. word. All right, race one of my seven. Favorites, actually. Race seven, the uh, the clairvoyance stakes, is it? The Belgravia stakes over the twelve hundred meters. Um, always a good race, isn't it? Always, always it race. always is a good race. Dig deep went around last year, actually. Bj, if you were going to ask, I reckon um, this this is really light on for a hundred thousand dollars. This is always just about always the best three year old sprint race mm-hmm. of the season, and um, it attracts all the best. Uh, males and females before they uh, depart on their um, separate journeys. separate journeys or mostly separate journeys uh, and a hundred thousand dollars especially when they ran some of the hundred thousand dollar races going around and this this, this is you get you're being shortchanged here in these burgers this is mm. this is a two hundred fifty thousand dollar minimum type race it should be every year and it should be like one of the one of the big 
feature races of of, uh, of uh, October leading into the spring for me. I so, concur. Yeah, I concur with you. It should. Uh, it always is an absolute, uh, an absolute cracker. Yeah. Well, clairvoyance, BJ. We've got to discuss the the bar shoe issue. That's obviously um, the bar shoe issue. The bar shoe issue, which Darren clarified with uh, Giulio Santarelli. Um, uh, after the win of Salaya, very impressive win of Salaya yesterday uh, at Ascot. Uh, had an abscess uh, in the day or two after her last victory. Treated, um, was right as good as gold within a short period of time and the bar shoe has gone on just as a probably precautionary measure. A precautionary measure, I would say. The dreaded bar shoe. The dreaded bar shoe, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you, you, you're a brave man if you're, if you're taking $1.50 about a horse with a, a pretty key gear change in that sense. But, um, look, I'm still not expecting him to get near um, to get near clairvoyance. The most interesting part what, for me. What is the data telling us, Terry, about we need, clairvoyance? Yeah, yeah, it wins easily. So, so what, what? And there's no real – I mean, draw, even drawn underneath, the one thing I was going to look for is a couple of um, – because initially there was 21 noms and I think clairvoyance drew 21 of 22 or something like that. And I thought, okay, give me, give me some fresh speed mm. horses here. You know, give me something to think about. Make clairvoyance take a sip, but they've all sort a of different been, variable. Yeah, yeah, they've been scratched. Empire Rain showed good gate speed um, first up, but it's actually the one that's drawn outside of clairvoyance. Mm. The blinkers come off Gemma's son. Are they thinking? Let's cross to the rail, let her cross, and see if we can take a sip because we can't beat her in a speed battle. I don't mind those tactics if that's what they're thinking. What do you think they're thinking in that sense? But I think they they feel as though he was he just burnt too much fuel out in front the other day. Mm. Uh, however, I just can't see how they think they're going to be able to. Beat they rid- might not be trying to beat. They think is they might not be trying to beat. Her. Maybe they might be happy to run second and and, and maybe they're the, looking uh, at maybe 000. they're looking at going to a fourteen or sixteen and perhaps they think the best way for yep. for so, Gemma's son is to conserve a little bit early mm-hmm. with the blinkers off so he can be stronger moving into the fourteen and the sixteen of the um, Faritha and the Dabraginis. Well, the most interesting part here as well is it'll be what Darren does next. I mean, I, I can't imagine that he's thinking we're going to go to the Guineas, which is the current two dollar thirty favorite, all in, and then go to the winter bottom seven days later. I can't. Salaya's winning the Guineas, isn't it? Well, Salaya, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But I can't also can't imagine, um, especially with the Kingston Town there. So, yeah. is the plan definitely winter bottom, um, or is there a possibility they're going to do the Guineas Kingston double? I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's got to be winter bottom with. Trekking and Kementari have been um, announced that they're coming. It could, I don't know. I always think that if she if she sees out, I was always very much in the winter bottom camp, and I thought that was the way to go. But um, I think if she runs out a strong twelve hundred, then they pop her up to the, the fourteen. Thanks, Aretha. Um, it's the Burgess Queen. For the, the Burgess Phillies, Queen. Yep. Sorry, Burgess Queen for the Phillies. If they pop her up to the fourteen and she runs that out really nicely, if it's a half million dollar race and a million dollar race, the Guineas into the Kingston, the winter bottom is worth a million and maybe harder to win. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting one. They also probably don't want to stretch it to fourteen. If they're going to, I don't like the stretch to fourteen, dropping back down to twelve. They can lose a bit of their sharpness. So interesting one. She will only carry fifty-one and a half in the winter bottom, but um, she only get the fifty in the Kingston. And usually the weight is um, the lighter weights are more telling over the longer journey. So interesting stuff. What occurs there? But if, if you get any uh, indication, nice, nice problem to have though. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. But all I'll say to future punters out there: if you get any strong indication that she's not going to go to the Guineas, uh, if she's two dollars thirty in the market, she's taken up a fair chunk for a horse that's not going that Shop way. Shop around. So, Shop around. I don't know what the best um, – it's hard to really pick out a, a second, third, fourth elect at the moment. It's a really interesting and open-looking affair. Um, but it's worth looking at. But anyway, BJ, I'm looking around her here um, for a bet. Yeah, me, I, too. me too. I'm not um, – um, So the, the $1.55 isn't 
tickling your fancy. At no, the, the dollar fifty five is not gonna not gonna get me. Uh, I did mark her a dollar forty five in all fairness, um, but that was pre bar shoe. So add the bar shoe on. She's a dollar seventy for me, dollar um, sixty five type thing. Um, but I, I really like one stands out as, as a clear second elect for me, and it's gonna be a place bet. I'm a rare place bet only man, but this. Um, that's probably the respect we've got for clairvoyance, I guess. But uh, we'll be having something small. It'll be like a, a one by nine basis, sort of one Ooh, unit of the win. It's a bit of a place. Mario Delina type setup. Is it? I think, I think so, yeah. Is he a one by nine? I reckon, man? yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever done a one by nine in my entire life. And if I have a couple of frogs watching the grand final, I'll probably end up going um, a flat each way bet on it because that's how I tend to roll. But really keen, real grace. Runs a big race here from grace. Barrier One. Grace. <laughs> really keen, real grace. Runs a big race here from Barrier One. Um, has gate speed, was unable to use it last start when, when snags out the back behind Shan Talk. Uh, she actually ran the quickest last two, four, and six of the entire day, ran a sub 11 um, final 200. I think she might be the real deal. She, she's beaten Go Ballot. She, she won a nothing maiden when settling on speed by, by nearly six and then came out and, and she got the right race set up, but um, absolutely walloped them um, on the 28th of September. Paddy Carberry can probably land three back the fence here. It's not an impossibility can hold the back of the leader, but I think three back the fence is the most likely spot. I suppose it depends what they do with Dark Assault, isn't it? That's yeah, sort of the- it does. I'm, I'm trying not to overthink the map in that yeah. sense because there's a few different ways things could work out. If Gemma Sun could cross to the fence, Clairvoyance crosses Gemma Sun, mm. um, then you throw back the fence on Gemma Sun's back, and I think that's a nice spot to be because yeah. you're expecting Gemma Sun to give you a kick and take you into the race to some degree. Yep. Um, if you are on the back of Dark Assault's back, well, Dark Assault's 200 to 1, I think. Uh, I actually thought Dark Assault was well, really too good. Bad, yeah, 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 really good. So it's not necessarily the end of the world. So Paddy Carberry, one thing about Paddy Carberry, he's not a jockey I find all that often, but Paddy Carberry rides good horse as well. Um, Cup Knight's career, I can remember one time, he probably rode it poorly. Uh, every other start, it's been 10 out of 10. It's perfect jewel. Um, the way he handled that um, that mare before she went across to Melbourne, Paddy Carberry rides good horses really well. So from barrier one, I'm going to back him in um, to to get some to get a late little split here. There's three dollars thirty a hole. I've marked a I did a place market for this BJ, and I've marked a two dollars flat to run a place. So three dollars thirty when I've marked a two bucks is um yeah it's one of my better bets of the day. BJ, real grace. Place, heavy, place, place, heavy, 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 place. Okay. I I think that Clairvoyance, she's going to – well, she's the darling of WA Racing and um, she's, she's had a setback. But I did write in my leg up that the McAuliffe stable is one yard that can successfully manage uh, non-standard shoeing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there, there are a lot, lot of people – Done it often. They do it a lot, like especially during the winter months. Um, there's lots of bar bar plates on their their horses. Um, and I feel as though, anecdotally anyway, I feel as though they're more successful at it than a lot of other camps. Um, Darren, in his usual bullish self, uh, shook it off as no big deal at all. He's yeah. declaring a war at the moment, <laughs> isn't he? No, oh, no yeah. big deal. A bar shoe on clairvoyance, but. It has to be has to bring her back at least a length or so. I would have thought off her off her peak, but she has such a such a significant amount of wiggle room here, uh, and a, such a clear advantage over her rivals that you know even if she comes back a length, even if she comes back two lengths, um, she probably should still win. For me, I'm gonna I don't, I'm gonna bet around her as well, unless she, like she did the other day, gets out to uh, even money on Betfair. But um, I'm thinking of the bar uh, shoe, and it's not an impossibility. I'm really. thinking of specking. Queen Brown, 
Real Grace and uh, Reign of Fire. They're the uh, they're the. Oh, three. we're going to play three win bets. Well, yeah, just mainly Real Grace and um, Queen Brown the win, and uh, and maybe a saver on Reign of Fire because I do really really like him as a horse. Went poorly. Uh, yeah, I think he had some genuine excuses, but yeah, he can he if he can uh, come. If he can tap into his best, he's uh, he's a player. So, but yeah, it looks all about clairvoyance. Rolls forward, gives herself every chance on top of the speed. She's a beast, absolute beast. Um, but the dreaded bar shoes adds a real uh, significant element to this race. But I'm, I'm with Terry as well. Real grace. I was on her last start, got that wrong. She got too far back, but hit the line. I uh, I will say that I'm. Do you think she'll head towards the Kingston Town? Real grace. Yeah. We'll learn more in coming weeks about uh, uh, who will get the journey. Me and a good friend of mine on $81 at Kingston Town. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, anyway, fingers crossed for real grace, punters. Yeah. Well, it's you. It's interesting because usually the, the three-year-olds we're looking at for the Kingston Town um, will kick off on this and, and, and go through um, the series, as you mentioned before. But um, clairvoyance is, is probably sort of a, a different sort of uh, – just different in the fact they're obviously going to potentially look at going towards the winter bottom. So then we have to look at the second stringers and, and the rest of them on the way down because I don't think it's going to be an overly deep Kingston Town. So I think that's one mark here. You can probably still shop for a bit of value. And so be ready after this if you think she runs out of strong – if she runs out of 1,200, which gives you an indication she might run out of strong uh, – uh, mile and beyond, then it might be worth having something on. What's what? the price now? Who's that? Real Grace. I'm not sure. I okay. can check. But, um, but yeah – It'll be good, great for WA Racing if Clairvoyance can make it five straight. She's uh, she's set tongues wagging nationwide. Mm. She's the real deal. And, um, yeah, let's see if she can overcome this setback and continue on her merry way, especially for a friend of the podcast, part owner, oh, Mr. Yes. Murray. Mr. Murray. Yes. He wasn't happy last week. Wasn't His he? first loser in a while was Rewrite the Stars. Mm, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't happy on that last either. <laughs> Jeez. I think you, you weren't on your Pat Malone there. No, I certainly wasn't. Race eight. Right, so this is another cracker. Um, <laughs> over the 1,200 metres. I was going to be a punchy doing the form late. Yeah, no. I – well, this was uh, – well, the good thing with this race, you only have to do form on four horses. Four horses, yeah. yeah. You really didn't have to look any further than that. So the most intriguing part of this event I thought was a speed map. Um, it's a rarity. You, we, tell, you tell me yours. Well, Cliffs of Comfort should cross. Yep. I mean, is, is there any danger to Cliffs of Comfort crossing unless no. Caracapo really kicks up and, and no. is desperate to hold the top? So um, Cliffs of Comfort crosses, finds a fence. Laverod jumps on the back of Cliffs of Comfort. The Breeze... The breeze isn't really um, Caracapo breeze. I, I've got maybe. yeah. Once once being crossed, I ended up having Caracapo finding the breeze, but there's no real obvious one there. There could be some real aggression shown on multiverse to try and settle closer to them. Um, the twelve hundred meter specialist, um, but it's a four horse race in that sense. You got Cliffs of Comfort, who was who was poor last start, but had excuses to be poor after all the work um, he did to get across and and find the top. Um, you then got Long Beach, who also was a failure last start, dollar sixty favourite. Um, came back with a few. Uh, was the elevated temperature and blah blah blah. That. Elevated heart rate. Yeah, the old elevated heart rate. A few of the as I used as I'd always say, a few of the punters probably had elevated heart rates after that one as well. I'd suggest. Mm. Um, Celebrity Queen um, gunned down Cliffs of Comfort when conditions were really in Celebrity Queen's favour that day compared to Cliffs of Comfort. That was a far superior run by Cliffs of Comfort to that of Celebrity Queen. Um, and there's a weight swing in Cliffs of Comfort's favour. And the final one is obviously Laverod, who I've touched on in the speed map, lands the back. 
back of um, Cliffs of Comfort and we'll have the first crack at getting past Cliffs of Comfort. So you've got the three elements to the race. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'm going to have Celebrity Queen over Long Beach. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at Long Beach as a winning chance. I'm not saying Long Beach can't win, yep. but I think that's the first thing you need to do is okay. If one of them's gonna grab them late, is it Celebrity Queen Long Beach? Reckon Chris Parnham's got the pick of the two, and he's on Celebrity Queen. So we're gonna lean there. Secondly, Labor Rod fifty nine and a half. I don't know if Labor Rod with fifty nine and a half is gonna be able to pick up and, and hold out Celebrity Queen if he can even get past Cliffs of Comfort. So narrowing it down to two runners, BJ in Cliffs of Comfort and Celebrity Queen, and I'm gonna go with Cliffs of Comfort. Um, like the weight swing, gonna show forgiveness in that last run. The Easterly is in play, a soft speed map. Joey has a party going back on. Look, I think Cliffs of Comfort's in front for a long way here. Um, if you can save Celebrity Queen, that would be my um, 100% my go. I'd, Went up four bucks local, so I was able to probably chop out a little bit of what I'll lose on Cliffs of Comfort, but um, I'm willing to give the big fella one more chance, rolling along out in top with the Easterly. Um, you probably don't need to take the six bucks. You probably don't need to rush in for the price early. You can probably wait to see if they do, if it does play um, as on pace as I suspect it might. But if it is playing rail hot, um, really hard to make ground type thing, Cliffs of Comfort's uh, at his peak. He's going to be super hard to catch. So... The forgiveness element mm. for Cliffs of Comfort from last start, it just just overexerted last oh, start. Over, overexerted, and I always believe when you back a horse that overexerts out in front, when they pop, they really pop. Yeah. Okay? So you, it, it, it could have popped 50 metres later and been beaten a, a far smaller margin, but when you pop and you've had enough, your strides just shorten dramatically and your margin of defeat can be- And the jockey can be of, over the top. The jockey sort of- 100%. Yeah. It's like it's sort of like one of my theories in Carnarvon when you get the kickback in your face and you're beating 27 lengths. You go, well, how can it possibly turn around 27 lengths? You go, I got the kick. It just generally didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. It turned it up. Imagine you as a human being sprinting full tilt, trying to do whatever you- Mud thrown at you. <laughs> yeah, well, even just once you've had enough, you've simply had enough. Oh, yeah. So you've simply had enough. You can't- draw on a second effort to, to try and get that a little bit further and Chrissy Graham absolutely belted him to the line as well I didn't like that once the horse was beaten he had to just probably ease him down a little bit more that was a little bit disappointing but I look I don't have um look I don't have a huge amount of faith um in the forgiveness aspect of this and even if you we been, do forgive and he been, goes uh, his best I have been a little bit forgiving yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, I think right. it's been, been to my detriment too right. um I still do think that um from barrier six Chris Parnham has the potential to land a pair or two closer on Celebrity Queen if need be and if he thinks that it's a necessity on the day, BJ. But I um, think the winner comes from those two. I'm going to give Cliffs of Comfort a, um, another chance with the Ascot Easterly and a soft map. I mean, geez. Yeah. yeah, he probably won't get a better chance, will he? No, he won't. He won't. Uh, yeah, I'm just a bit wary about how much that that gut yeah. buster might have taken out of That's Cliffs of Comfort. And if it, if it has taken the edge off him a touch, obviously, obviously full respect for the Pierce brothers, they do a terrific job, and Cliffs of Comfort has um, significant talent. But if that has taken the edge off him a little bit, I think he's going to be vulnerable late again to Celebrity Queen and uh, and Labor Rod. I've got it in a race of race of t in two between them two. Labor Rod's going to get the suck into the race. Gate one's going to follow Cliffs of Comfort everywhere he goes. Paddy's going to get him uh, out and uh, be right on top of celebrity, um, top of Cliffs of Comfort uh, just after straightening. And uh, I think Labor Rod's going to look the winner for a while. However, Celebrity Queen Chris Parnham on board just needs to hold a midfield running position and can and stay within striking distance. Um, following the rail, uh, not well, the first two lanes, hopefully. Uh, 
weaving his way through through there. And um, if Celebrity Dr- uh, Queen can be presented close enough on straightening, I think she's got the wheels to uh, to get over the top of them. But um, respect Long Beach as well. I was really di- obviously disappointed. Everyone was disappointed with his last start performance. I think he, he's obviously he's better than that. And um, expecting him to rebound uh, back at Ascot as well. But, um, yeah, for me, I think that Celebrity Queen is the one that's going to be launching over the top of Lava Rod Lane. I didn't realise she was still three bucks, so she's still a saveable price. I mm-hmm. marked at 250 so, yeah, she's still a saveable price. You can you can just about play the pair um, the way I've I've marked this race. So it's interesting when Lava Rod was beaten at the $1.30, $1.40 favourite behind Cliffs of Comfort. It's only a two-kilo swing um, to Lava Rod from that run. He was beaten 2.1 lengths then. So obviously they're coming into this at different stages of their campaign and whatnot, and there's that forgiveness aspect and whether we can um, show that forgiveness aspect with um, – with Cliffs of Comfort, but geez, all I'll say is when that Ascot Easterly's up, yeah. do you know how hard it is to make ground when you've got a good, and it, with 54 and a half on its back, Cliffs of Comfort can run time. Cliffs of Comfort has the best figures in this race yeah. um, out of the entirety uh, of the field. So at, at their best, Cliffs of Comfort wins. Mm. It's that simple, but at their best. That is a big query, isn't it, BJ? It is, it is. But interesting to note that the four horses that we've focused on here mm. labor rod celebrity queen long beach cliffs of comfort all high quality three-year-olds early in their four-year-old season so they that sort of crop or that um you know that um bunch of horses there they're they're really they, they get into these rating races really well i believe mm-hmm. and um and yeah good luck and the old horses are going to struggle to beat them i think so um and which is fully represented in in this particular race. So you need um, to have like a six plus race or something. What's that? You need to be six years old, six <laughs> yeah. year old and above to it. To, yeah. yeah, but uh, but yes. Yeah. So keep an eye out for those horses who are um, naughty by nature is another one. Um, Pam Bella's one that's earlier in the car. Those horses that showed above average talent as three year olds, they get in so well when they come back as as four year olds, and because the handicapper just can't quite get to them enough uh, in their in their younger younger days. So. Focus on those horses moving into the new season and um, naughty by nature is another. Yep, and uh, yeah, and those those, those uh, you repay dividends for sure. All right, the lucky last, also known as the uh, the get out stakes, BJ S T E A K S. Well done. Tell me more about it. Well, the extremely popular Get Out Steaks is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located out at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing past, say g'day. Timmy and his team will look after you. Congratulations to last week's winner, Chandler de Groot. It was was a slightly controversial result, Guru, with both Chandler and Deccan Shembury selecting Bad Wolf by 0.30 lengths. Mm, However, Sam White rule. rule. However, Chandler, she got her entry in first. So under... Under the rule, under the Sam White rule, she was declared the winner. So congratulations to Chandler. Well done. Well done to Chandler. That and, was a uh, uh, bit stiff, Deccan. Yeah, a bit stiff, Deccan, but uh, I gave him uh, I gave him the Kalgoorlie Cup. What's it? The Hammond's Day Quaddy number. That's right. So, um, so yeah, Deccan can um, – he's did, already had his winner. Did he Did he get his tattoo? Uh, one of the lads did get that tattoo, yeah. Is that right? No, they did get that tattoo. I showed you the picture. No. Yeah, yeah they got the four numbers on their, uh, on their rear end. So good on him. He said he promised he would. He said before the race, if um, start the fry wins the last year, I'll, I'll get the four tattoo, the four numbers tattooed on And he's, and he's my, followed through. On my butt. Yeah. And he got him on his butt. Wow. So he's done it. Good stuff. Mm, it's impressive. Go. So – 
to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, send us a tweet at the 1-1-Pod. Uh, who you think will win race nine at Ascot on Saturday, as well as a decimal winning margin. Two decimal places preferred. And, yeah, you can be in a running to win a gourmet meat package from Market City Meats. Mm. Well, it's a somewhat um, underwhelming finish to the day, isn't it? I, I thought that the, the prior event should probably be the last race of the day with the capacity field and whatnot. But... Um, we will deal with what we are given. I wonder if it's got something to do with the grand final, maybe. What time is bounce down? Uh, the grand final is 4, 4.10, 4.40. Yeah, I wonder if it's... Touch and go. I wonder if they're thinking that everyone would have, would have tuned out <laughs> by then. Let's put a race on that nobody's going to give a crap about. Well, yeah. maybe. Fair enough. But yeah, it just seems a very odd, considering the, the, the full fields that we have earlier in the day and the, the depth of those races, mm. it seems a very strange decision to make this. It would have to be. This 1800 meter, like that's the only thing I can come yeah. up with. Yeah, It'd like a tactical decision making process due to the grand final being on. So definitely grand final related, I'd say. But um, look, there is a winner in here somewhere. But um, does it does it pique your interest this race? Because uh, yeah. a little bit of peaking. I thought Ooh. I thought I might um I thought I might see a bigger price. I haven't hasn't been peaked as much as I was hoping it would be peaked. Mm. But uh, another four year old. But this time a bit of a different setup type of four year old we're going to look at and it's a horse by the name of cuban twist um another horse i think has got the map to herself do you have her leading this i did bernard yeah. so here's an interesting stat for you bj hit, hit me in her short career today 10 start career today she's uh, she's raced without cover breeze she's never actually found a fence very interesting she's raced without cover three times sort of four on one occasion she sort of took off at the 800 on those four occasions she's been undefeated i think she's tough I think this is a really tough mare, and this is the first time in her career she's going to find the rail. It's Ascot. There's an easterly. Uh, I think she'll run a PB here. Peter um, Fernie polish. Yeah, I think she'll run a PB for PF here. And um, look, while I'm disappointed, they missed a run uh, recently at Kalgoorlie. It's only three weeks between runs. She goes super for Jade. I think it's six starts, four wins. One five of her last seven. Uh, one loss was when she missed the kick at Kalgoorlie last time out. It was a super run. It was probably it was the run of the race, not probably. It definitely was the run of the race. And the other loss was in the um, the Belmont Oaks where she wasn't able to lead. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty keen that she can give us a sight out in front in a race with. Yeah, a lot of pretenders. Bogart, Adornment gets a long way back. Big Shot Patty with the weight. I can't see winning one in town. Playing Marika for me doesn't get the 1800. Expressionist is the one, but you've got to take that on a lot of trust after the loom and didn't let down. I think Expressionist will really appreciate Chrissy Parnham going back on. Um, and the bottom four I can't have for, for various reasons. So, look, I, I think they've all got some talent. I think Expressionist is, is the one, if right, could just finish over the top of them. But I'm really happy being on the leader. Um, at seven eight to one. What over about the, uh, um, eighteen hundred? What about Miss Dominican? What about Miss Dominican? Well, I know that you might have had a little. I was on. Spec. I was on last start at eighty to one and third. Um, oh, that was yeah. Is Jade, that, is Jade it, gave it a ten. Is so. already a uh, Ascot eighteen hundred meter winner. Yeah, from barrier ten though, where you're going to outsprint Expressionist, or you're going to go forward and breeze, and then give up your best strength. I think it's a tough ride. So. Mm. The barrier is the reason I um I shouldered arms to Miss Dominican. Yep. Um, yeah, funny old, one. funny old, funny old race to finish the day. I'm sticking with Expressionist. Was really keen on him last start. I think he, I think the really strong tempo of that race look, appeared to really flatten him for his for his usual um, finishing burst. Rising to 1800 meters, this won't be a. I'm suspecting this we run slower than average, slightly slower than average early um, at least. That'll give Expressionist time to 
um, get into a good rhythm for Chris Parnham, rising to 1,800 metres for the first time. Yeah, I was really strong on him last. Uh, I've got to follow up. Um, expressionist, I reckon he can um, he can claim the last. That's, uh, uh, what's he now? He's uh, around about 440 mm. chance expressionist at the moment. I thought uh, Mr. Minikin is, um, is going to win her share of races. Third up, 1,800 metres, she has to be a, a live winning chance as well. I think if uh, for me, uh, I expect it to be expressionist. If she's going to get rolled, I reckon Miss Dominican. If he's going to get rolled, I reckon Mr. Dominican might be the horse. I thought Bogart was actually – this is so funny, beating a dollar eighty. I thought Bogart was really good last yeah. start. I thought when Challenge came again, put some in at the 1,800. I don't know if it's a Lactar horse. I'd like to see the stronger jockey on potentially, but um, Lactar's not not the weakest, I guess, in that sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't know if he's in a – Apprentice's horse full stop. No, is he's, he's, he's just a, a, he's not a looks like some of the seniors have their hands full yeah. with him. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. He sat outside Breeze. Looked like he was going to get done easy by Australian mm-hmm. Creed, and he sort of kept coming late. High ratings race too. Uh, and uh, but yeah, like I don't know, just a bit of a disappointing way to end Belgravia Stakes Day for me. Oh, it could, if Cuban Twist leads her out. I'll find it a great. No, one. you'll be wrapped. Yeah, you'll <laughs> be wrapped up and about. So yeah, um, that's the get out stakes. Done. All right. All right, Terry. It is time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day. Kick us off. It is that time. Uh, The toss-up for me, BJ, between Naughty by Nature and uh, and Real Grace the Place, but I'm super confident Real Grace the Place. Grace. Grace. I'm super confident that Tommy Shelby will uh, inspire Grace to victory. Uh, not to victory, to a, to a hole at least. I uh, just need Paddy Carvey to find some room. They've both got a bit of similar setup, Naughty by Nature and Real Grace, mm. where we should be about three back the fence or somewhere in that uh, vicinity and just need to find some holes. And um, But no, very confident Real Grace can run second. Could even push Clairvoyance if that bar shoe does cost her a length or two, potentially. Very good. My bet fair best. I'm, I'm joining in. Comes a time. Comes a time. Comes a time. I like that. Race six. What a uh, – this has got the hallmarks of something special. Mm. E1, stable mate scratches, finds its way into the field. First up, new stable, Pontiff, Justin Warwick. Comes a time. Yeah, I like that. That's a um, – yeah. It'll be an interesting watch. It'll be an interesting watch. It'll be an interesting watch late on the exchange as well yeah. to see how much support there really is. Yeah. Um, I think if you're going to back something else, you can probably wait and I think there'll be a few wobbling prices late on the exchange. Maddie. Maddie, uh, yeah. Always it, hard on a Thursday because the mm, market markets are so tight. They are. Um, and so, yeah, we're, what we're trying to achieve here, listeners, is mm. a $21 plus or a 20 to 1 plus chance at time of recording, but we're, we're often picking from a very small, limited uh, amount of runners at this stage of proceedings. But we do the best yeah. we can, and under those circumstances, Guru, what have you got? Uh, well, I was going to say Lace Vinsky if, if Congreve Rocket didn't get its start um, because I think Lace Vinsky was pretty stiff last start and finishes near him, but it's only 18 bucks, so I can't use Lace Vinsky. We're going to go with um, um, we're going to go with Bafunja. Um, Bafunja got uh, was pretty poor first up, second up, third up improved. Just looking at a peak run last campaign where um, uh, she beats uh, she or he Bafunja BJ she she. You know, gender's on me strength. I'm non-binary. Uh, she, she, yeah. Uh, she knocked off Money Manners and Santa Brianna. So, yep. um, look, from Barrier 1, Brad Parnham is riding 
pretty well at mm. the moment, as we've mentioned a few times. Uh, he probably, yeah, land, probably lands three back the fence, 26 bucks. I've marked Bafunja 18. It's one of very few that's above my price at that mark at this point in time. So Bafunja, BJ, what's yours? Same race. Um, uh, one horse down in the saddlecloth order, number 13, Dunbar. Dunbar. You can get $20 at the mm. moment. Doesn't have to be 21 Oh, uh, it does. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm fudging. Um, hopefully, by the time this comes out, there's uh, 21 somewhere. Maybe. Uh, and I'm going uh, to go and make it short now just so it's worse. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> Dunbar. I, I actually think Dunbar is a uh, genuine top three chance. Uh, $20 at the moment is is mad for me. I uh, had him much shorter in the market. Uh, Forget he went around, had a really tough run, three wide, no cover, searing tempo, last start. Smother from gate five, Chris Parnham, 54 cages. I reckon we're going to see a vastly improved performance from Dunbar on Saturday. I think you might be right as well. Uh, all right, BJ, have we got any top-notch trial? Is that, a, is that where we're heading to next? We haven't done this segment for a few weeks, have we? Yeah, well, that brings our, a preview to an end for all our preview listeners. Thanks mm. for joining us, preview listeners. But uh, for those of us who – for those who want to stick on for the long haul, uh, we can jump ahead and do top-notch trialers. We can do horses to follow. But I feel as though you've got something that you want to get off your chest in no, regards to top-notch no, trialers. No, nothing, nothing in particular. I think, I think we carry on about it enough. No, look, Dig Deep returned on um, – Dig Deep. On uh, on Monday. Was it Monday? Monday. It was Monday. Yeah, nice soft trial. We're going to, we're going to the trials again. Always a plan to have two trials. It's a little bit – a little bit fat. He had a bit of a had a bit too much um, pudding during COVID. Old DD. So uh, he's back. He's rearing, and hopefully we can get to the races on the uh, the fourteenth of November, which is actually my mother's birthday as well. Fourteenth of November. Mm. Okay. I think so. That that would make sense. Is that I don't I don't see a real suitable race on that particular day. We'll have to carry sixty two and probably claim, but. Um, Either that or we attack a carbine club or a race on uh, on railway stakes day first up, maybe a 72 plus. So shouldn't be far away though. And, uh, geez, that'll bring the house down if we can get uh, Dig Deep back and happy and firing and watch out Travis Murray. Yeah. Might, good, be, might be clairvoyance's biggest danger in the winter bottom. Good podcast fodder too. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have to have a day out of the races if we Dig Deep. Is well, I, I reckon he is, the, he is the face of the podcast. I've actually it? got my pillow on my swag at the podcast at the podcast at the, uh, the races at the moment. So after this weekend, I dare say I won't be missing one for the next uh, lengthy period of time. Well, good luck. Terry, thank you. Dig deep, and uh, so he will trial again. Trial again on the first of November. First of November mm-hmm. race. Not sure exactly. Okay. Not sure exactly. We'll You'll be the first to know though. We'll keep you posted. You always are. So okay. So while we're on trialers, there was a good, really good session at Lark Hill on Monday. There were some beautifully bred Peter's investments, three odd fillies that went around. Not, I wouldn't say they're all top notch, but just put these down as horses. Um, they might not even start this campaign. They might get um, packed away and then reemerge in the autumn for as classic type fillies. Uh, they are testing love, treasured prize, and fashion queen. Keep an eye out on all those. It's just hard to keep track of those Peters horses. Mm. Such similar sounding names, and um, but anyway, those three all tried well, and they've got sort of Oaks pedigree. So keep an eye out uh, for those three. As far as top notch is concerned, this horse has been a top notch trialer in the past. She's a charmer from the Bernie Miller yard, ridden by Paddy Carberry, won Heat Thirteen. This horse is, uh, won't be made for very long at all. Uh, there was Heat 16, I reckon, is going to end up being a really good uh, form reference, especially the first two across the line. They were Acromantula from the Pierce Brothers and Nobility. I think we were well aware of Nobility. Terry? Yeah, nearly beat Dunbar. 
Correct. So those two trial, those two trial well, but there was a couple even just behind that, uh, behind the Quinella there. If you want to watch the replay and pick pick those out, there was a couple of nice little trollers there as well. But uh, as far as winning races goes, sooner rather than later, Acromancha and Nobility out of Heat 16. And perhaps the best performance of the day, the most top-notch was Blackwater Bay, Heat 22 in the 1450-metre trial. He was dominant. Adam Durant, Clint Johnston-Porter, really nice horse um, on the rise. Blackwater Bay shouldn't be too far away from resuming racing, and I imagine he's going to be super competitive all the all the way through his campaign. It was the toppest notch, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was the highest notch. The highest notch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Blackwater Bay was the for me was the the standout. But okay. uh, yes, horses to follow. Have you got any that you want to? Uh, yeah, I've got nothing sort of uh, uh, hidden. I do have something hidden, but I'm not going to share them. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought the runner stage man back to 1,000 metres was huge. Excellent. Um, yep. I don't think it's going to be suited by all these good horses coming across to the winter bottom. But look, if there's a stack of speed in, in a winter bottom, I don't think it's impossible stage man can win one. I'm not going to take the 20 bucks early. I think we can wait and shop closer um, to and see draw, what happens. Draw all important for stage Draw is all important yeah. as well and, and tempo in the race as mm-hmm. well. And probably draw of other horses is probably more important stage man and whether willie has another one or not as well um another horse i want to follow we're not going to follow him for a month or so i think they've figured out the secret with state attorney is to keep him fresh i thought that was um nothing went to plan in the run just forget he went around completely so we don't want to see if, if he runs again in a fortnight's time probably won't be keen but i love this a month between like the month between the trial and the race was completely he'll win um, one he'll win one i think he will he'll too win. yeah i think he's a really i think he's a three or four length better horse kept a month fresh type thing so look for him to come back around railway state takes time um preferably not with the big fat easterly as well and the, the win of the day and and i don't like to say um horses to uh to follow when they win because they're dead obvious but i mean the way that the track was playing elite street was um was just huge sitting off the track and winning like that so i know mr peter mccormick was quite bullish and he got the chocolates there um, Oh, well done peter but uh yeah no he, he did very well but uh elite street uh, just sort of said hang on i can um, play a part in maybe one of these uh upcoming lower grade upcoming races three wide carnival. three wide no cover and kick, exactly their, right. kick their heads in so. the other the other horse i'd forgive in that race as well i haven't got this written down is condor heroes you missed the kick circled them that i think once you missed the kick you had to just drop it to last and try and see what you can do from there but just forget it went that's one of those ones you just don't even worry about the margin defeat. You don't worry about anything else like that. Again, I expect they'll freshen up Condor Heroes. It hasn't been an issue of his to miss kicks. Um, so just forget that. Basically, just forget that one. A bit like Cliffs of Comfort. Just forget mm. it went around. Okay. My, my horses to follow are Heaven's Gift, really nice return last Saturday. The uh, Holly Lock trained former Peter's Investments mare. She was, uh, she was resuming, got back and run on as expected. Definite, definite races to win for her coming up. She could be a player in the feature Phillies and Mares series, which usually kicks off around railway stakes time. I am keeping the faith big time with Red Can Man, um, sat outside a suicidal tempo in the northerly stakes to be beaten only 2.8 lengths on the line. I don't know if there's any horse in the state who could have who could have absorbed what he did and still be beaten that particular margin. It was so tough. 21 days to the Listeer. The Listeer is going to tell us a lot about his railway stakes chances. In my mind, I feel as though he's going to be very hard to beat in the weight for age Listeer over 1,400 metres at Ascot, and then he can get into the railway, hopefully not too far off or close to the minimum and be a live chance in that. So if you're a Red Can Man fan, stick, um, because that run was much better than it reads and it looked, um, especially with the tempo that we, that we spoke about earlier in the podcast. And one that I had 
something on first up at Belmont, uh, sorry, Belmont, at Ascot midweek yesterday was Rum Raker. Uh, yeah, still trying to get out. Troy Turner uh, um, could, could just couldn't couldn't get into the clear, unfortunately, and uh, he went to the line with plenty in reserve. I think Rum Raker will be winning a race or two, hopefully in the next uh, month or so. Terry, mm, did goes you get- well. Mm. Goes well. Goes well, Rum Raker. Yes. So they, they were my three horses to follow, and I'll finish up this week's edition, episode 48, with a whatever happened to... I think she's featured before, but going to have to track up Trevor Andrews to see what's going on with Miss West Coast. Mm. I was looking back through last year's Belgravia Stakes and she was well fancied and ran in that particular race. She's hardly been cited since. She was a filly, probably now mare with significant talent, has obviously had lots and lots of uh, setbacks. So. Uh, might have to just check in and find out exactly what's going on with Miss West Coast. Whatever happened to? Big run in the um, 2019, Karakata. Yes. Yep, three and four deep the trip. Dan Stake, was he on that day? I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, I think he was on that day. Was yep. that, yeah. Huge run, probably the run of the race. And that obviously breaks my heart to say that, but it was probably the run of the race. The, the Fugazi has been a whatever happened to, mm-hmm. but he's coming, he's over 400 days um, making his return at Ascot on Saturday. So he he's was over 400, is Over 400, yes. Yeah. yeah, he's been, it was last Belmont season he was racing. So Definitely said Jared Noski a bit of a task from the, the wide gate with the 60 kilos off the 400 days, haven't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Miss West Coast. Wonder whatever happened to her. All right. All right. That brings us to the end of another uh, episode of the One One. Um, good luck, in particular, to all uh, Richmond and Geelong supporters out there. Uh, promises to be a cracking grand final. Should be a belt of fairness. Yeah. What's been a bit of a, a stop start season. Um, it should be. Yeah, it should be a cracking grand final. So uh, BJ's declaring Tommy Stewart. Is it a defender? Defender. Defenders oh, have sure. a defenders have an outstanding record in Norm Smith. Just running off them, just yeah, of just inter- intercept marking, rebounding. Yeah. Luke Hodge, Brian Lake, that sort of stuff. Tommy Stewart, yeah. wow, yeah, Dirty Mo's do it, the Dirty Mustache. Jason Jason Johannesson, more of yeah. a rebounding half. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, uh, but JJ, yeah, JJ, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, good luck to all uh, Richmond and Collingwood supporters. Um, it looks like a uh, looks like a good day's racing. Really excited to see how Clairvoyance goes with that bar shoe on, and um, and how a couple of those others can progress moving forward to the Kingston Town. But um, looking forward to having a guest on next week. Um, more to be revealed in uh, in that sense to come. But um, until next week on the one one.